0: Hey Jeff, how are you?
1: Hey mate, how
0: are you all right? Good
2: to see you. Hello Jeff, how
1: you doing mate? You alright?
0: right? Hello Jeff, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah!
2: My
0: god, what a (laughs) faff on! I've had a real faff on today, I'm so sorry.
2: It's been been a long time since we last seen each other.
0: I know, I want to say it's definitely in a pit somewhere.
3: Hello!
2: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm
3: all right, how are you? Hey there. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Jeff.
2: Hey, Alex. Yeah. Hi. Right. How are you doing?
1: The Big Jeff yeah, chat. Oh, chat. This week, Kate Stables. This is the kit.
2: How have you been? I've been pretty good actually. I mean, like I I've, I've had a good weekend. Um, I really enjoyed some of the live, the live music from the gig streams sort of thing. Um, oh yeah, I
0: saw the um, the Bristol Takeover at the weekend. That was good.
2: That was amazing, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, really great.
2: Apart from one thing, it did make me, when I saw Rachel dad's performance, it did make me want to run up and give her a hug.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, I, I know that obviously, like, she's been going through a bit of a, must have been going through quite a tough time with Itchy being in Japan, sort of thing. Yeah. Must be quite hard for her. You know? I think
0: it's really hard, yeah. Any, I mean, I guess anyone who's like living with their kids while their partner's away is, yeah, it's pretty full on.
2: And also the fact that that that, that 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 obviously it must be like kind of really difficult with the communication side of things as well it must make things really hard actually
3: yeah, yeah,
0: it's not easy, yeah, she's a trooper she's yeah. she's a soldier
2: I know that that's the thing so is at least to, like at least to, i mean like what I felt with her, so it was very honest, and so it's very like sort of her being like going. Yeah, I may not be in my best of states because I've I've been going through this, and it's like, and actually, it's really refreshing to see someone be that honest.
0: Yeah, she's so, Rachel is really excellent for that as well. She's just so honest in sort of everything she does in her songwriting, and yeah, when you speak to her.
2: Yeah, I mean, I find that also with her, there's like kind of, there's almost like similarities between like you, her, and Rosie in the way that you do approach songwriting. I yeah, mean, there's,
0: there's some sort of a um, Venn diagram to be drawn, I think. You're probably
2: right. Because like, I think that there's, there's, there's definitely like, there's something within hers where, especially on her last album, where it does touch, touch on like the spirituality to a certain extent. Yeah. And actually that, So I did say this to her, like, to her face, that I very much felt that it was very much like an uplifting feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the, true. She's an uplifter. And it's yeah. good because people, I think, are often shy to talk about that, hmm. and um, and it's just really refreshing. That, it's, that also she, like, she it's also
2: it. like great in amongst the world where you can get some really bleak singer-songwriters to have someone just singing about like the innocence of bouncing
1: a ball.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just the pleasure of the language, of like the words and the repetition and stuff. It's yeah. really great. She does it. She she hits the nail on the head every time.
2: I think that I mean, like, but I think there's also a certain extent. There is that also within the way that you the stuff that you do with this is the kit as well. I think there is definitely the sense of that.
0: Well, yeah, work. I try and I try and uh, you know have a bit of fun and be as honest as I
2: can. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> but, but it's like as if the way you try to describe like for me the feeling of watching you guys play live is like almost being taken into slightly like a dream world. Okay, good. But it's not like entirely detached from reality, but it's definitely something which like kind of I don't know quite how how I'd put it into how I'd word it really but there's definitely something there which makes me go yeah this makes me feel nice.
3: Yeah
0: I mean gigs that's the good thing about gigs isn't it they can take you to sort of different places even though everyone is all in the same room together they can take you to a different place altogether, which I think is really great.
2: I think that's the thing is that that's the reason why for me music's well especially live music's been great for my mental health Yeah, it's been partly because of that. Because like, you can be in a room where you're nice with people, but then also you can feel so many different emotions that you know that you may not necessarily be able to calculate or comprehend in a I don't know in, in normal life.
3: Yeah,
0: and I feel like quite often we're sort of expected to be able to sort of articulate what we're feeling or explain it or something like that but it doesn't work like that always it's just Mm. feel you know the feeling is such a sort of difficult thing to explain and only only the feeling can do that really so yeah and yeah music is is something that does that to you and it's nice at gigs because you're with all these people but you're also Mm. in your own experience and I just really love um I just love going to gigs on my own and being there with everyone but also being there like on my own, but with everyone. It's really great that all these realities are possible at once. And also
1: also
2: what's great about it sometimes is if you're feeling the same thing. But it can be like kind of feeling like there's definitely something very positive out of like sometimes feeling quite emotionally overwhelmed.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think we
2: need it. Like sometimes like I come out, like so I quite often go and whenever I play Bristol I'm nearly always watching them. Great. And they're, they're a really emotionally overwhelming band. Yeah. And their the, the whole thing is about, like, kind of. I think they, they do it a lot through the sonics. And I tend to find that actually that um music's a language depends a lot on tone.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think, um, yeah, so I tend to find that also that certain venues carry certain atmosphere so with them, really.
0: Yeah, it's true. The sort of chemistry between the space and the sound and the frequencies and then also the added element of the audience and their energy it's a good alchemy it's a good sort yeah. of chemistry that
2: happens i mean like some of my favorite shows have ended up like an absolute blubbering mess because of what but then again they, they've been shows which are just literally like kind of all the, all the they play, they pushed like sensory feelings
0: yeah i agree me too you just sort of there's sort of buttons you didn't even know how to access yeah but the music can access them and then yeah it all comes out
1: <laughs> and also it's
2: like um like like for instance like I've watched a few people like someone like Dean Blunt who's literally like who specializes in making his audience feel as uncomfortable as possible okay but then but then like but then he's doing it to kind of ask sometimes some quite strategically challenging questions yeah but like about society and about like kind of do we think that we live in a fair society and stuff like that? And it's like, okay, we'll do it. And then they will generally like also, which involves lots of drones and lots of stray blights. Yeah. Sort of thing. And this is like, okay, yep. I'm feeling slightly terrified by the end of this, but then I'm also like feeling kind of relieved.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important sort of communication. The fact that we can do that without words written or spoken, that we can experience it and then there are people that have the skill to sort of transmit the feeling and the messages. Yeah. I think it's really important to remember about that.
2: I think that, that it's also really important to, like, I, I sometimes, sometimes I decide from what gigs I'm going to go to by yeah. what emotion I'm feeling.
0: Yeah exactly, how do you decide?
2: Yeah, <laughs> so sometimes i like kind of going for something which could be challenging or could be like my version of comfort food yeah. You could go and see like kind of like a three-piece indie rock band sort of thing.
0: Would that be the, what would be the comfort food?
2: Probably like a three-piece indie rock band or like kind of like, because you know that, what are you going to get, for, or like a like kind of pop-punk band, because then you know yeah. what you're going to get from them, is it you're going to get something positive, supportive, you know, like for instance, like people like who work for specialist subjects, a lot of their stuff which they put out is, is very comfort fooding. Mm-hmm. It may not. It might sometimes be talking about like kind of quite negative things, right? Like if like they might be talking about like a lot about like the kind of mental health issues, or about like kind of know, like kind of gender dysphoria and stuff like that. But actually, well, but there's something about the sound which just makes me feel like, yeah, it gives me like kind of like kind of fuck yeah, this is going to be this is going to pound me through something.
0: Yeah, and it's important to talk about the sort of darker stuff and mix it with lightness sometimes because that's how we can kind of access it and talk about it without getting totally bogged down or something.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I find the best way to do that sometimes is by throwing in a bit of humour.
0: Yeah, exactly. Humour is a really good tool for talking about like heavy stuff. I I went went to, um, did you see um, Jojo Rabbit when it came out? Yes, I did. Because I um, I went to see the, um, the premiere when it came here in Paris, and mm. there was a Q and A with um, Taika Waititi afterwards. And what he was, and he puts it so well about um, yeah, how he uses humor and what a useful, mm. what an important tool it is to sort of discuss stuff and put a message across, and you know, break down like people's barriers and disarm uh, people and stuff. I think. It's, and
2: another thing about it is that it also challenges people as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In a way. Like, um like obviously like I, th- I think of like being a teenager watching brass eye. Watching instance. what, sorry? Uh, brass eye. I is don't know sp- what brass eye is. Uh, of course, it it's like a kind of Christopher Morris um series. Um he did like it's basically like as if it was parodying the media. Okay. Uh, but he did like you know how sometimes the media would do they would say sensationalistic reporting.
3: I mean, yeah.
2: Especially in the 90s when we used to have, like, all those shows on ITV sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And basically, so, each episode is, like, portraying the media's take on different things. So, like, there'd be, like, kind of... You end up getting banned because of, like... Or, like, getting fined by the government because of, like, some of the things with that cutting. Because how accurate it was. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, like, how, like... (laughs) It
0: actually got banned, did it?
2: I think it did. Well, it did. Wow. I, was, I was thinking like I, was like, I know that he got, um, you're charged for something. Cause right. like, well, one of the episodes is about paedophilia, and this is like, okay, but but actually, both me, both me and my mum watched it, we both had bits of hysterics because of actually, you know, because of what we saw was that it wasn't about necessarily like paedophilia, but it's more about like the stuff which was... Stuff how, around it, yeah.
0: and how people like deal with it, Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so it's like, yeah. and I think that, that, yeah, I think it's a very important point that, 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 he, that, that we can use art and humour to help diffuse things.
0: Yeah, diffuse stuff, think about stuff, just process stuff, because laughing, I mean, laughing is like, it's another version of crying, isn't it? In a, you yeah. know, it's, it's all sort of discharge and like processing Letting stuff it's, out, it's
2: really sort of thing. Yeah. And like I very much feel that, yeah, I very much feel that, and I also feel that, that it's reminding me of the importance of how art can not only just make you feel good, but it's also that sometimes make you feel something which is like slightly uncomfortable, maybe. Yeah, we need
0: it. We need to, like, to like,
2: mystery sort of thing.
0: To not shy away from that. We need to sort of go there.
2: And also, but then also at the same time, I think that there's, there's, there's definitely the wonderful ability of, like, being able to take some of that and then being able to take it off to another place.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think that, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, how to, this, how to, how to describe what I'm, what I'm thinking in my head. Because this, this may rerun run some of the conversation that we had on Friday, actually. What did you say, sorry? That this may rerun run some of the conversation that we had on Friday. Oh, yeah? Because, like, because, obviously, like, I think about, like, like I was thinking about things like the environment and stuff like that over the weekend, mm-hmm. especially on on my walks, I've been finding myself um, either street, like sometimes live streaming shows from my phone. So like uh, my live stream gig from the Royal Albert Hall. Oh yeah, um, out on a walk. Yeah, no, it was great. It was <laughs> it's very beautiful I was actually like kind of there with like with, uh, just like blowing it out of my phone. Ah. Oh. And. I was kind of like trying to see if the birds were reacting to it. Yes. I was thinking whether like things like the starlings, to know that there's, well, well, how, how do they react to sound? Yeah. Which I think is a really fascinating thing.
0: Yeah, there must be, it would be interesting to find some people that have sort of done studies on it, and to see what, what they found out in terms of how things react. But also, it's just nice, sort of being out in nature and sort of doing your own experiments and seeing what you think might be a reaction to what you're doing, yeah. what you're playing them.
2: I know, and there's a but it's also like, I know that um, obviously some birds have like learned to copy things like mobile phone ringtones. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Nokia birds. Yeah, exactly. You have like a group of like that's what maybe this should happen the next Nokia it would be like a whole load of birds doing like playing the Nokia tone.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting if the, a really famous ringtone was a particular bird's song. Yeah. And then you'd get one bird learning another bird's song. Yeah. And you could, you, could get, you could take it quite far,
3: couldn't you, teaching different no, birds but, to sing each other's yeah, songs? Exactly. <laughs>
2: but then you can also do songwriting out of it. Because, like, if you think about it, it's like it is almost like educational because of, like, obviously, like, with a lot of, like, wildlife's instincts, it's about, like, kind of survival. So sometimes some some uh, some some animals will be learning how to, how, I guess how to mimic.
3: Yeah. In that way. Yeah, um, the mimicry.
2: Yeah. I think I think that that yeah, it's it's like it's really interesting when we're thinking about like kind of obviously being in lockdown, like how we do sometimes. I guess we have to go into like a fight or flight sort of situation.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sort of decide yeah decision time about how you're going to act about a certain situation yeah it's true
2: and then it's also like um i mean like i guess that, that i've been lucky in, as if in like having a lot of the people which i've surrounded myself with have also like to have like, you know from, from over the years have shown like a certain degree of like empathy mm-hmm. i think that that's that's a quality in art I think to have as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important that everyone um cranks up their empathy a bit these days. We try and sort of help kids to grow up knowing how to tap into that mm. and then showing it to showing it to other people, even if they don't seem to be able to sort of tap into it themselves. I think we need to always remember to yeah, just put ourselves in other people's positions a bit more. Yeah, it's something that is really visibly lacking all the time. I think you know you look around and you can see it all the time. People forget to. I mean, obviously it's hard. You can't always be thinking about someone else's. No. You've also got to deal with your own shit. Yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, but yeah put,
0: like, it's so important to put yourself in someone else's place.
2: Really. Also, I also think the thing is, I guess, that it also like kind of. I guess it's about like kind of maybe learning to understand cultural divides as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, we, there's
2: there's there's huge cultural divides, like not just like internationally, but also within our own countries. I think.
0: Yeah, within within one postcode, there can be like huge <laughs> huge cultural divides, and it would be great if there was just a little bit more reaching across mm. and sort of you know. Windows into each other's. World. It is
2: very really weird, sometimes when some of them have been like, kind of, quite secretive in many ways
0: yeah because people have a right to be secretive i guess yeah i mean definitely of course people have a right to be secretive
1: yeah for the right
0: reasons i guess you don't want it you shouldn't be coming out of fear it should come out of something unfear related hopefully
2: yeah i mean that's i guess that's what i was kind of trying to allude to sort of thing because i guess that when i was a teen i guess that speaking for myself i came from even though i came from like kind of Quite a relatively, kind of, I guess, comfortable-ish upbringing. Even though my parents weren't weren't particularly rich, they they basically managed to buy this house in the little village and um, basically, much kind which of like, we managed to get like expanded almost into almost semi mountain-sized sort of thing. Uh, but um, that was through their sheer hard work, but also that in the village that there was. Um, but, but it was a very like hippie sort of left field, sort of space. Okay. And so, um, we had, well, there's definitely like we had a few families who came in for who were like immigrant families.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So like there was the Kosovan family which came and lived came and lived in the came and lived in the valley for a little while. There was like yeah. um, several families who had adopted, you know, like kind of African kids, sort of thing. And Um,
0: how how did the sort of, and was the general vibe of the community open and welcoming of people that would come and move into the village?
2: I think so, especially of our part of the community, it definitely was. I mean, like, my my, my parents' basically doors are basically always, like, doors open. Yeah. It's like anyone who wants to come and be friends with us, be friends with us. Anyone who doesn't want to be friends with us, you know, go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, they don't don't have
2: to walk through the door. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But But I mean, like. And I, I guess I'm really lucky in having that, because also, about, like for instance, we used to have sometimes have tradespeople come and live with us.
0: Yeah, okay.
3: So,
2: like, you used to get, like, um, like journeyman builders sort of thing.
0: Ah, who were just sort of in the area for a job?
2: Yeah, they'd just, like, literally be, be walking from one job to another.
0: It's great. Um, I'd love that. It would be the dream, wouldn't it, to have a sort of um, a big enough house that you can just have people come and... Stay. Well, we had
2: people coming and working on the house
0: Yeah, okay,
2: great And then they
0: stayed as well were they, were, were they staying while they were working on the house?
2: I think so, I'm just trying right. to remember so like, it, it was quite a while ago Yeah, understandable we had like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had, We're talking about at least 20 years ago yep. so It would have been probably about 7 or 8 years old But we had um, this guy called uh, Ralph Who's a, who's an Austrian who's an Austrian carpenter. Great. And I think that he was just basically travelling along the land, you know, going from effectively just from job to job. Literally I think I think he's literally doing it by almost by foot, sort of thing. Right. So it's almost like kind of working through all the little villages. And he's like sort kind of stop off like kind of left, right and centre, and loves like do, do work in exchange for lodging. Yeah. Thing, which is fair
0: yeah. It's a good, um, sort of old school system that, um, that you don't see happening very much these
3: days.
2: No, I think that's a, that's a, that's a bit of a shame in some ways, right? Is that, I think the term like kind of like gypsy's got a bit of a negative kind of connotation, sort of thing. Um, I think whether that's which I think is pretty wrong in my opinion,
0: yeah. I feel like it, it you know, there's there's so many different ways to live. And moving from place to place and sort of temporary addresses, or as it were, or no fixed addresses, yeah, it just makes makes a lot of sense for a lot of people, and I think it's a really sort of beautiful and admirable way of living. If because a lot of people wouldn't be able to hack it.
2: Yeah, it's true. And the thing that, I think that, um, I mean, I was, I mean, I, was, I guess that I spent part of my life in Tammy in the commune. Yeah. Sort of thing. Well, yeah which which was pretty good, because um, like, my parents would run um enlightenment like, like in intensives oh great yeah, so like when when I say that my parents were like kind of basically like like the first were like UH hippies they 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 really were brilliant they, um, they, they you were got like, you got
0: lucky with your parents there
2: Jeff yeah, I know be <laughs> really, honest, so I' got really lucky so they, they've been I've put them through high high water they still they they're still there for me that's great. You know, like, they, I mean, like, they've been together for, like, 40, 50 years, I think it's coming up.
0: Mm, Impressive, yeah. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, when relationships start busting through all those decades.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing is, I I thought they were together for a long time before they married. They were together for, like, three months.
0: Oh, really? Oh, wow, and then they got married three months later? Yeah. Great.
2: I think it's partly that, well... It's like one of those kind of like, I guess it's partly like a relationship of love, but also a relationship of, um, and, and understanding a lot of it, but then also a lot, but then also, I guess the relationship of like the fact of there's of dad having the house and my mum having the furniture. Yeah, makes sense. And then it's like, so it's like, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily label it entirely convenience, but it's definitely something there where they had to cooperate with each other.
0: Yeah. You sort of follow the signposts that's, that seemed to be pointing to a matching path or something.
2: Yeah, and then, and then like, um, I think they, they decided to get married but just as early as they did was because of um, my granddad was going uh, was going off to work for the British Royal Legion in Kenya.
3: Oh, wow.
2: And so it's like, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's like one of the, the kind of the peacekeepers sort of thing. Okay. I think. Um, is what his job was, and so like, um, yeah. So my mum decided, right, if we're going to get married, I want to be married whilst he's here.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's
0: thoughtful to, to yeah. like include people that are going to want to be part of it.
2: Yeah, and so like they, yeah, they got married. Yeah, it would be about nearly forty years ago, something. Because we all folks
0: from the same town.
2: Um, no, they weren't actually. They, they, they. But they but they met. At, I think they met at university. Okay. And then like want? yeah, so they're basically like so they're both they're both students in mm-hmm. in Milton Keynes, I think. Nice. actually where I was born.
0: Great Milton Keynes. Yeah. There's a venue in Milton Keynes called the Stables, I think. Yeah. And I and I always like thinking about it because that's my name.
2: I know, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Kate Stables and the Stables.
0: The Stables,
2: yeah. It's like a kind of like like a live album.
0: Yeah, exactly. Get my whole family in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know you did Milton Keynes for the Independent Venue Week tour.
0: Ah, great.
2: Um,
0: Because where did you do for the Independent Venue Week tour?
2: Well, we did, I think, well, we did, like, as I said, like, Leeds, Newcastle. um, Yes, we did Leeds with the Hyde Park Book Club. Yeah. Uh, Big shout out to Tony. We'd come play with me records. Um, right. Absolutely amazing.
3: Good one,
2: Tony. Um, uh, we got uh, yeah. We did so we did Newcastle, the Clooney. This is my first time in being there. Um really? And I was, it was, it was really good to the um, Nadine, Nadine Chow was playing, and um, she's always someone that I find really calming to talk to. Yeah, she's great. Like, well, it's basically like if I just chat to her, she just baffles. And it's like yep, it's like that's definitely helping me feeling feel, feel a lot better about myself. Okay, good, 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 good. Then we did the Sheffield Red Mill. Yeah, um, nice
0: historical one.
2: Yeah, man, that's a beautiful venue. I mean, like, yeah, I definitely felt like a kid on is going through those doors. I, feel, I mean, I almost, I, I kind of, because Steve Lamack was doing the, the whole BBC 6 tour as well. So the first scene... What, well, at the
0: same time as you doing...?
2: Yeah. Okay, Because Newcastle and Sheffield. Yeah, I did semi threaten him that that that, that I'd probably be still outside his bus, sending him hackles by Twitter. <laughs>
1: That's
0: good from the from the outside of the bus. Yeah,
2: exactly. like go 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 start, go go inside there, and just yeah. like just be like right okay right. I just like kind of listening in on my phone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: very nice, very nice.
2: Yeah, well yeah, I think so. It's like. Yeah, we. I mean, that was really good. But, but we also stayed in the scariest flat I've ever been in, in, UK, in uh, Sheffield.
0: Oh yeah, a scary flat. What? In oh. what way? Spooky, scary, or um, dangerous, scary?
2: It was kind of spooky, scary, and like kind of, I don't know. It was just really weird. Okay. It was. It was like. I mean, I couldn't sleep properly. Like, I kept on hearing people shouting and like an argument in the street outside. Oh
3: yeah, that's never
2: like, very nice for sleep. So like, yeah. So a bit like. So the walls were quite thin. But it was, it was full of like this weird sci-fi sheets I call it. Sci-fi like, sheets. You know, you know, like it's like seventies fake gold.
0: Ah, oh, yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah quite was, sci-fi. Was,
0: yeah. A bit sort of Barbarella.
1: Yeah, kind of.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like magic of that, but then also like there was like this tank of smoke. Smoke. Kind of, yeah. Just like you know. It was like freezing cold. You, you, you can tell that someone has been smoking in there because the whole okay. place just stank of the smell of smoke.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, Bathroom
2: um, was like the setting for a Spandau Ballet video.
3: Okay.
2: Just because it was like, so, you know, like, that kind of like really cheesy hyacinth bouquet <laughs> sort of thing. Where, <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Bouquet. Was, yeah, it really was. It was just like,
0: did you take any pictures? Did you do any documentation?
1: Oh yeah, we
2: did. We, we literally, me, me and Sybil, who were staying together, we just, for that night, we were just like in bits of histamics for about fifty minutes. <laughs>
1: it
2: was, like, I mean, I was too scared to even get in my bed because I was scared of the gold which lay underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, had, like.
0: It's always good to bring a sleeping bag.
2: Yeah. It was, like, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably good advice actually. It's like it's try and bring a sleeping bag yeah time.
0: good I mean, policy right. in life actually just you know always be ready yeah to have a kip <laughs> with your sleeping
2: bag yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that, that, that's so true but the thing is that the, 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 the virtual advert for the place did look pretty good yeah it's just like when you got there it's like oh my god
0: so it's often just, the case the advertising yeah. is one thing and then the reality is another
2: yeah but then also like i had this weird light settings as well You know, it it had like five different lamps in one.
0: Five lamps in one.
2: Yeah, it was like this, like kind of like, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, and it's like, like, I don't know quite how to describe it, but it was like one of these things where it had like three different rings of lights. And And loads of
0: loads of knobs for the different combinations.
2: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Hey, we could have if we thought about it, turned it into a party. Like flash different like... The disco tree. Yay! But not on the tree, but actually on, actually on the ceiling.
0: Oh, actually on the ceiling. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. I was <laughs> imagining some sort of like standing lamp with loads of different stuff coming up.
2: No, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that, but actually on the ceiling. It was hanging
3: off the ceiling,
2: Yeah, it was, everything was like really bad 1970s decor. So it was like. It was, like... Well,
0: for some people, that would be a selling point.
2: Even, even the artwork was full of gold. Was it? Great. Yeah, <laughs> they had Hi,
0: Mona. Um, Sorry Jeff. someone's just leaving there, I just had to say goodbye. Ah, cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, but no, but even all that way was full of fake, horrible gold.
0: Yeah, how interesting. The gold, um, the Midas touch.
2: Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ, I literally <laughs> did feel like if I told it to keep Midas by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for all the wrong reasons though. <laughs> But then again, that's just like most stories. they like story of, of like, watch what you wish for, isn't it? Yep. And don't take advantage of people.
0: And um, what a, what a curse. Yeah, I know. Wealth can be sometimes.
2: think well, the thing is, though, is it's like obviously, like through these times, it's obviously it's, it's going to affect a lot of people's like mental well-being. Mm-hmm. And The thing is, though, with that that that's completely indiscriminate of. You know, age and gender, and like sort of whether people are well off or not. Yeah. You know, sometimes. So I think, like, especially with things like autism, I think that definitely, there's definitely links to genetics. I mean, so I know that both, that there's definitely like an autistic strain in my family.
3: Okay.
2: So I think that, well, I think that, well, I know that my, I had a really disabled uncle um, who's. Hang
0: on, I'm just going to get my headphones so I can hear you properly.
2: All right. Where are they? Oh, yeah, sorry if you haven't sorry no, it's good. I
0: just want to make sure that I totally um understand it. I'm definitely hearing what you're saying. Let me, okay.
2: Fuck. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it's the same that I think that for me I think autism's um definitely got like a genetical link to it.
3: Yeah, okay.
2: I mean because of like um basically i think my i think my I think my my crown on my mum's side may have been autistic right um partly because of the way that she's treated and then partly because of the way that she treated people
3: mm interesting yeah
2: and then um also I have like a really severely disabled uncle. okay then I have not seen in about since the late nineties yeah so that's going like twenty odd years okay um I was saying that, uh, I guess that, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what I'm getting at really, but... That's
0: all right, any conversational direction is a good direction.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean like, I guess that uh, there's a lot of people, I think that, because i was brought up also around a lot of autistic people,
1: because
2: mm-hmm. also just down, um, literally down the road from Horsley, there was uh, Ruskin Mill.
0: And what is Ruskin Mill?
2: Oh, it's like a big outsider kind of college for like okay. um, education, outside uh, education.
0: Okay,
3: uh, great.
2: So for people who've either got autism or they struggle to deal with their family or like there's like behavioural issues sort of thing. Yeah. So it's like, or they've had like addiction issues, stuff like that, so like, and, or like troubled children sort of thing. Yes,
0: yeah, so people who could do with a bit of um, outside. Activity therapy. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's basically how it operates. It was huge. It was like so. Like I think that's that definitely helped me, as I've been not seeing necessarily entirely autism as a barrier. Yeah, it's not they, a barrier. Yeah, so I just saw the most people. I didn't really judge them so much for what they were going through, sort of thing.
3: Yeah. Because I just saw them. It's like
2: okay, yeah, there are people. They may they may have some slight challenges, sort of thing, but they're. definitely people.
0: Because everyone's got their own situation and their own reality haven't they whether whether it's sort of whether people feel like they can see it or not Mm. and um or you I mean it's just good to remember just not to um jump to any conclusions just to just to respect people and their sort of path and their and and their personality.
2: Yeah I think also that I mean, I think obviously like music can definitely do that as if in like reach out to people. Yeah, um, true. Like, I mean, like, I look at most of the people that, 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 well, most people seem to be idolized people who are kind of like technically outsiders.
3: Right, interesting, yeah.
2: I think that, I include myself as if in like, I, like, in, in saying that, because I mm-hmm. think that, well, I mean, like, I think for most, I think like, as if in, like, I idolised Daniel Johnson. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I idolised. Because, like, partly survived, I saw him as being, like, this outsider figure, but then also I saw I saw traits of myself in there. Yeah. I think, it's
0: powerful when you do see, yeah, links between your own experience and what someone else's experience. It's a really powerful thing to, sort of, have that recognition.
2: Yeah, and I think that. I mean like s I, I kinda of self diagnosed myself with being autistic before I actually I was given an official diagnosis. Yeah. Um partly because of um my parents were quite involved with uh, like an activist theatre company, although okay. they supported like an activist theatre company who were like just made up of a couple of neighbours um uh, in Horsley. And Great. um one of the plays they did centered around a couple of characters who had Asperger's. Okay. And I watched it and I was like, hang on, I've got every I was, I was watching it, and I was like, hang on, I've got every single one of those traits. It was like tick, 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 <laughs> tick, obsessive, you know, like like if in the, the obsessive compulsive tendencies, the kind of um like is if been those certain things where he, where like one of the characters would get stuck on a certain subject and be like, Yep, yeah,
3: that's me. Yeah.
2: And um, how
0: old were you when you saw it and were m- making these connections?
2: Um, I think it's just like I was thinking about how I behave, and then I was like... Yeah. I was, I was probably, probably about 18, 19. Yeah. Maybe a bit earlier than that, I think. Uh-huh. Um, But I definitely was well aware that... I mean, I've been well aware since, like, I was 12, 13 years old that I wasn't quite like the other kids. Right, okay. Um... I think that's partly through like uh the education, through like going through education and actually finding some parts of learning a lot harder than other parts.
3: Yeah.
2: And like like even at primary school I'd have to have some special needs person come in and actually show me how to do joined up handwriting. Yeah. Um then also like I guess that I've always been a daydreamer.
3: Okay,
0: that's good. Yeah. Good thing to be.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good thing to be actually. Yeah. I mean, like, does that work out? Of, like, does that? Do you ever think about, like, you know, like, seeing your songs as like a daydream?
0: Yeah, I think so. Cause I mean, daydream is quite a nice broad, um, i concept, isn't it? Because mm. I guess. Yeah, it's sort of a thought process or a thought experiment or just, you know, thinking about anything. And I feel like my sor- my songs are that a bit. They're just sort of um, exploring stuff inside my head, but then turning it into sound or whatever, whether it's like words or music or both. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is a daydreamy thing. Yeah, I wonder if... um. I. I feel like in terms of like being a daydreamer, I probably had different times of my life where I've been more prone to daydreaming than others. Mm. I feel like I'm not good at concentrating. And so sometimes that means that I, sometimes my lack of concentration manifests itself in me daydreaming. And sometimes my lack of concentration means that I can't daydream because I can't sort of concentrate on what I'm daydreaming about. So it's just, you know, it's just, I guess, yeah, different people's relationship with their brain noise. Yeah. Which, of course,
2: will be very heightened at the
0: moment. Yeah, a lot of brain noise at the moment. I mean, I I hope everyone is managing their brain noise okay. I've started doing loads of... um, Whenever I'm on the phone, or even when I'm not on the phone, it's really helpful just to do like um, repetitive drawing, you know, Mm. just phone doodling basically. I've got, and it's just so nice just filling a space with pen. Just that's the only goal, just like filling up the space with the ink that you're enjoying, and that is that's been a really good brain karma for me
2: <laughs> yeah I used, to be, I used to do that a lot i mean i still do sometimes when i'm on the phone I yeah
3: little,
2: but then also i'd find i'd do that in secondary school as well yeah I'd, and i'd find myself drawing roller coaster rides
0: because it for me it helped me listen as well like you're in a class and if you're just like doing something with your hands yeah that doesn't require you to think you i i find it easier to sort of listen to what's being told
2: it's like kind of like kind of focusing, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Guess, we still, but... Do you still have any of your roller coaster drawings?
2: Uh, no, I burned them all. I, I <laughs> did you? I, I, I burned, yeah, it's basically when I when when we when I did my last of my GCSEs, I basically decided to have a huge celebratory bonfire. Okay. <laughs> literally threw all my secondary school stuff on because of like I had a bit of an up and down experience of secondary school, so right. with like the bullying and all that sort of side of things, but. So it felt um,
0: good to do like a ceremonial, yeah. cleaning like, the like, slate.
2: Well, it was like, that's over. Yeah, I mean like, I mean like, I pretty much did my first, well, my first festival on my own was like when I when I got my GCSE results.
0: Okay, which one was it?
2: Reading Festival '99.
0: Wow, quite a hefty one, Reading.
2: Oh yeah, of course it was. like it was like it, 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 it was kind of that sort of GCSE party party kind of like festival is Reading.
0: Reading in 99. I wonder if I knew anyone who was at Reading in 99. I, mean, like, I, pro- I probably did, who knows, I but yeah.
1: I, definitely... I probably had
0: some mates that were sort of, you know, next to you in a crowd somewhere.
2: Well you're like, <laughs> it's, 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 it wasn't, at, at that time I wasn't necessarily so adventurous, kind of like, right. going necessarily so far down the front.
3: Yeah, fair but, enough.
2: I mean like, I remember seeing like Atari Teenage Riot. Okay. Um on like half ten on the Saturday mornings it was.
3: Great. Ten they, thirty Saturday morning.
2: Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but it's, it's a perfect wake up call, but then there's also like there's that mixture of like as I said with some ads getting into them because of being like both enthused and terrified at the same time.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, something like
2: that was like yeah.
0: An overwhelming an over bit of an overwhelming scenario. Yeah. But what um who else was playing in ninety nine at Reading?
2: It was relatively uh, Peppers Were the Sunday night headliners? Cool. Um, yeah, they were okay. They weren't great. Blur played. Nice. Blur the headliners. I remember seeing. Um, is it uh, Todd Spencer Blues Explosion? Okay, great. Um, I'm trying to remember because like it's obviously it's quite a while ago.
3: Yeah.
2: news when news were really really small playing on, like, the introducing tents Oh,
3: wow, yeah,
0: and look at them now they've sort of got stadium shows with drones
2: (laughs) It's it's literally it's almost ridiculous, isn't it? It's like, (laughs) they've turned into, like, this this century's version of ELP haven't they?
0: Um, Tell me what ELP stands for
2: Emerson, Lake and Palmer
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a bit ridiculous prod (laughs) fans but uh, all I need to do now is just get out of the nose and start stabbing keyboards
1: Yeah (laughs) <laughs>
2: I, think that, <laughs> I think actually, what we want to do is they should, should start stabbing drones. Stabbing yeah, drones yeah. like sort of playing different notes and just like put the knives in them.
0: Yeah, or just like yeah. picking them off, picking off the drones.
2: Yeah. I also, <laughs> I, I also remember seeing stuff like Sabado played. Oh great! In early in the afternoon. Um, I remember Sigridol uh, from like the hardcore band.
0: Okay, I don't haven't heard of them.
2: Um, they were they were really good um yeah. I remember seeing a like a really like insane Irish ba- insane Irish band called Cyclefly
3: great
2: his his singer was in was was like definitely one of those kind of iggy pop style kind of frontmen you know, it was just like okay he was literally i think he ended up scaling the, the height of the tent and almost like could jumping right off of it sort of thing
0: brilliant that's it's the way
2: to do like, it yeah he kind of like he definitely had that that thin wiriness to him. Yeah. I was doing all the flips and stuff like that, and it's like okay.
0: And have you um, ever seen and have you ever seen Iggy Pop play?
2: Yes, I have.
0: Where um, was it? Glasgow, oh. 2007. Oh, great!
2: With the Stooges. Brilliant. Which was which was generally uh, that was def- that was generally one of those shows that I could not sleep afterwards.
3: Yeah, still it's buzzing. Still excited. Great. And, then,
2: and I had to get up early in the next morning, so it's been litter picking.
0: Oh right. What did you do? Just stay up. Just Push on through or
2: just sort of, <laughs> I just kind of crash out for a couple of hours. Yeah, I had to, so like the last that was a Saturday night, so it wasn't even the last night of Glastonbury.
0: Yeah, emergency cat nap before the litter picking shift,
2: Yeah, sort of thing. Like, <laughs> I think I got back to my tent about maybe just about one in the morning, okay. But like, I, I pretty much slept three till about five, so I'd start work at six.
3: Yeah, oh my god,
0: that is early. But what a lovely time to be up at Glastonbury, 6 am.
2: Yeah, but then, no, it's true. It's, it's like you can get all sorts of, like, interesting people.
0: Yeah, definitely, and, and the light is nice. Really good. Glastonbury's a good one for the early morning sessions.
2: Yeah, I mean, that year wasn't so good because it was really wet.
0: Was it? Okay, it was a bit. It was
2: absolutely, it was absolutely <laughs> teeming it down the rain.
0: 6 a.m. in yeah. a swamp. <laughs>
2: well, basically, for a thing so, so the litter picking got me the ticket, right?
0: yeah it's great. it's a good system that I think it does um you know I think it's brilliant and I just think that everyone should ha go th- should sort of do some litter picking in their life
1: yeah
0: I feel like it's an important thing to remember about because people just sort of our relationship with rubbish and litter and who deals with it and where it goes is so squiffy. I think it's really important to well to i felt
2: do that. Kind of, I felt kind of quite embarrassed about it yesterday actually seeing some, some litter returning and it's like no is that, we're supposed to be like teaching ourselves to be more protective you're looking after areas sort of thing, yeah yeah instead of just like kind of crashing them again
3: yeah it is it is it's a
0: tricky one isn't it
1: Maybe. but
0: what was i gonna say i just wanted to know where is your favorite place to camp at glastonbury do you have a favorite like neighborhood
1: well, I was
2: basically so I was doing litter picking, so I was camping in the in the crew camping area. Okay, great. I was always camping like somewhere which was really safe. So obviously, yeah. like got a, like a big festival like that. There's like likelihood the of tents being ripped open and stuff like that. And, yeah, like, and just sort
0: of falling up, people just jumping on tents or like yeah, yeah ransacking, so, so it's like,
2: so <laughs> pillaging. So if I ever get I given like the opportunity of like camping somewhere securely, I'm going to yeah. take it. You know. Yeah. Very wise. Festival, I think that I think that it's just like, just it's, it, even like at the smallest festival, sort of thing. Yeah.
3: It's
2: about, you know, I can know I can store some of my stuff. Like, yeah. I don't really take much in the way of valuables. Like, sometimes you see people like to queue up to festivals and they've got so much stuff that they don't really need. Yeah. Like, like I remember like, turning up to festival and like, you'd see like, like kids literally taking an entire kitchen with them. It's like, yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's strange, isn't it? And then, sadly, quite often they just leave it, which I think yeah. is really upsetting.
2: Whereas well, the only things I take is pretty much tent, clothes, and some food.
3: Yeah, like, exactly. Or maybe,
2: like, or maybe a sleeping bag as well.
3: Yeah, Sometimes
2: it depends on if I can be asked to undo the sleeping bag, whether I'll actually get in the sleeping bag. Yeah, there's whether the sleeping bag again. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: I do get a little bit worried about being cold at night though I love, have, I love sleeping in a tent mm. but I don't like it when I'm just lying awake freezing so yeah I usually probably bring more layers than I need to just because I'm worried about being
1: yeah. cold <laughs> but then
2: also the other thing is that for me is that, is that I just don't get undressed so yeah. I just put myself, on the, just myself on, the, on the floor
0: exactly you don't need to it's great you just sort of lie down get up get yeah. out have the yeah. day I, can't I obviously
2: change the underwear because I'm like.
0: Or not? I mean. Yeah. It, like it's
2: I, mean like, I, I, I mean, that's the one thing. but like, I'm not always great, like, the greatest of standards, but that's definitely one thing which I <laughs> always do. <but> every day, <laughs> you know. Like, but it's like, like, for instance, it's, um, like, so quite often that, like, green man, I get like trench boots.
0: Oh yeah, green the man day. is often a real slushy one, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I love it, but it's definitely a bit of a sl- definitely a bit, it's, can be a bit of a slush best.
0: Is it true that there's only been one, ever that isn't that ha- where it hasn't rained?
2: Um, no, there's been more than one.
0: There's been more than one. Okay.
2: I think was like, one which where it definitely didn't rain, but then okay. then, then it's like a steaming hot summer. Yeah. And there's definitely been some where it hasn't rained. Okay. I mean, like. Okay, there was, there was one where they had like the mini thunderstorm on the Thursday and then it's really sunny the rest of the weekend.
0: Okay, so that kind of counts as, as it not raining? It's true, yeah. If, yeah. You, if you get a good couple of days in a row.
2: <laughs> over so for, for, for the first, but actually it was like a mini thunderstorm on the Thursday afternoon, so it was before the festival really Before started. it all kicked off, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, if my friends got absolutely drenched in it because they were setting up their tents.
0: But then they had the weekend to dry off?
2: Yeah. Exactly. It was, it, was yeah. like, it was the rest of it was like really sunny, but
1: yeah.
2: I think it's just because of it's got a slightly unpredictable microclimate.
1: Actually, yeah, it's not, true.
2: Not last year, but the year before actually was really dry. Okay. Well, so I was. It, it had like a, like a few specks of like kind of hazy rain, but whereas it wasn't like kind of like a absolute deluge, which I've, I have experienced there, and There's like no the, sort
0: of mud lakes or anything
2: no <laughs> and actually to be honest i think Greenland's actually one of the better festivals at managing for you know extreme uh, weather
0: yeah they're just ready for it they know that it's it rains a lot in Wales we need to
2: sneeze Oops, gone but also i think that they because of also having had it in the past when it did pretty much sink into the ground that they were like yeah it's like a wake-up call sort of thing.
0: yeah now we're gonna be ready every time
2: yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like i mean to be honest I think the most extreme festival weather I've experienced in the u k would have to be the past couple of standing cooling festivals ah in North half
0: yes okay okay
2: and oh god we had we had like i think it was one time last year when we had, we had three different types of storm on three like different types days. of
0: storm what yeah. what are the three different what were they well
2: we had like, <laughs> well, we had like I think this is space for 24 hours, but we had two, we had two electrical storms, so, like, okay. and lightning, and then hurricane.
0: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I was lucky that my tent was still, actually, still remained there. Yeah. I lucky that they were still, actually, to allow the festival to even happen. Carry on. It, yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, it was just, like, this is amazing, but then also, this is completely terrifying. I mean, like, they, they had, like, they had to shut down the site on the Saturday three times.
3: Wow. And,
2: Twice actually, yeah, it was twice. There's like one mini storm, and then it's like, oh no, here we go, here comes the, hit- the absolute.
0: I can't even imagine how stressful it must be, like being in charge of the festival and that sort of stuff happening.
2: Yeah, especially with well, like, 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 stage manager and stuff like that. Yeah, the between the artists as well, because they literally had to haul the artists off as well.
0: Yeah, so stressful.
2: And then, like, but then they, they had to like kind of renegotiate everything. So they had, um, like, luckily Paloma Faith was headlining. She, she basically just said to all the other acts, but they can still go on, we'll just do half hour.
3: Yeah, okay, that's good to, sh- you know, think of
0: the other artists. That's
2: yeah, especially decent. if, if some of them had, like, 10 kind of, 10, like, quite far to come and play for them something. Sort
0: of yeah, because you do, it is, you do go far, it's true. What's the furthest away you've ever gone to for a gig or a festival? What's the furthest Bar- furthest you've ever travelled? Barcelona. Barcelona, Primavera. Yeah. Great.
2: Exactly. I think the first time I went to um, Barcelona, Robin Allender played. Like, okay. Graham yeah, Tyson. Great. That, that that was also gives me like a kind of um, that also gives me um, uh, like another thunderstorm story.
0: What? There was thunderstorms at that one too.
2: Yeah, on the Sunday. Like oh wow. When, when Robin Armander was playing the, the the closing event. Yeah. She was in Jan Thiersen's backing band. And um, I remember like, I'd managed to literally run to the nearest corner shop and grab like the la- literally the last poly.
3: The last
1: umbrella in yeah. town. Yeah,
2: literally <laughs> just like kind of, because I was like, right, it came up out to pack me off going, oh, no, 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 it's not going to rain there. Yeah, it's, not like, in
0: Barcelona.
2: Yeah, but when it does <laughs> come down, it really does come down. Oh, my um, God, yeah. It was like raindrops like hailstone size.
3: Incredible. And
2: kind of, um, it was like Richard Hawley and Jan Tyssen right. playing in front of the Arc de Triomphe. Wow. You know, and which was like kind of, so it was obviously massive strip. Uh-huh. And it was just like, it was freaking amazing. I mean, like, the <sighs> whole dressing ended up getting ripped up by the locals to, to try and form shelter. Right. Whereas I've heard the rumbling of thunder. like, I need need shelter now.
3: Yeah,
0: well done for finding the last brolly. Where yeah, does everyone like, stay at Primavera? Is it like, is it a camping festival or is it a, accommodation? Uh, it's
2: accommodation.
0: Sort yourself I out,
2: guess. yeah. I think it's mostly like a city, flat. well it's kind of like, is partly a city festival? Okay. am partly you know, quite a lot outside, but the thing is, that it's not on it's not on grass. It's entirely on concrete.
3: Ah, oh, okay.
2: So it's pretty much like kind sort of, like so. For instance, they'd have the main part of the festival out on a out kind of like near the beach, but just along from there. So I can yeah. see it's Like this huge flat concrete area. And then like, they have their own like kind of mini beach in there as well.
0: And what is it? What is that area used for when it's not being a music festival?
2: I don't know actually, I haven't really thought about it, but it's definitely just like along from the docks. So I think it's partly to do with like docking or parking or something. Industry maybe.
3: stuff, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, sort of, the usual thing which you see like park, park being used for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's also that, that they've got like, it's near like where the aquarium is as well. Okay. Or it's like, like just long. I think it's all like I think it's aquarium? Or some sort of like kind of attraction? Like, yeah, but there's definitely like a huge museum y thing right next to it, which they use okay. for like an indoor venue. Okay, great.
3: Like
2: a 3,000 seater theatre.
3: Nice. So when they
2: have all the like, a lot of the acoustic stuff or like avant garde, experimental. Of stuff and it all happens in the theatre. Oh, that's nice, and um, yeah, I've seen some amazing shows in there. Great, I saw Sun Ra orchestra play there, that was that was quite that was really special.
0: Who did you say? Sorry,
2: Sun Ra, orchestra. Sun Ra.
0: Oh, wow, when was that?
2: That was like about three years ago. Okay, It wasn't actually Sun Ra, but it was, his, it was the, the orchestra with um Marshall Allen, okay, He's like 95 years old.
3: Brilliant.
2: Yeah, and, and and that was really beautiful and really dreamlike and kind of trippy. Great. Um, which is kind of what you want from the from the kind of like sunrise, from sunrise back and sunrise
1: backing band.
0: Yep, it's true. That's what you. That's always nice to get. And when you go to like Primavera, do you ever see people that you only see there, like recognize them from yep. times before? Yeah, oh, yeah, great. I love that. That's brilliant. It's
2: really international festival, so I've met people from Italy there. I've met people from um, Chile. Um, there's wow. people with my friends from Germany, you're mm-hmm. like in Sweden as well. Um, some, of them, some of them also come to some of the UK festivals like End of the Road as well. Okay. And Green Man. Because um, there's quite a bit of crossover with, in between those two festivals. Um, right. Also, I'll tell you that there's people which I've met from yeah, Belgium, Holland, uh, Dubai.
0: It's so great. Um, the well, international. Connections.
2: Well, I think that's the thing. Is that that's what we forget about. Actually, art has the ability to cross cultural borders.
3: Yeah.
2: And actually, make things much more like kind of. It's like art has the ability to em- to empathize. Yeah. And to teach people about like kind of different things.
0: Yeah, and about each other.
2: Yeah. so I mean, I've always found, That I've, I've I've got quite a lot of education through listening to music. I think. Yeah. It's like you look at obviously well, some of the artists like Public Enemy, for instance. Like a lot of people weren't, weren't actually talking about like the socialist history. Yeah, it's Dubai, true. Especially, their, especially from their background, it's like okay, they were educating kids about Malcolm X, about like Martin Luther King, and about like the human rights movement because it wasn't being taught in the schools.
0: Yeah, which is sort of so crazy, just yeah. thinking about the fact that that isn't that wasn't taught in schools. It's um, it's a relief. I mean, it's you know, it's brilliant that people decide to teach about it through their music.
2: Yeah, I mean, think also, like like, it kind of, I guess, it also like kind of, kind of, we can also ask questions about how our, our own lives pose, I guess.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because so, often art it can be a sort of a bit of a mirror to sort of make you reflect a bit on what your how you do things.
2: Mm. also I think that to obviously like an outlet for emotion or something
3: yeah.
2: I mean like I guess I found that through sometimes doing like the drawings at gigs
0: yeah yeah of course the gig drawings yay
2: I've got this picture here again
0: oh yeah the crafters rights yeah man yeah very nice I love it yeah
2: I love it as well I mean I looked that show was particularly quite moving for me, actually.
0: It was a nice one. I like um, I st- I still feel I still always just refer-, refer to that place as the Croft.
1: Yeah, Well, <laughs> it is to be honest, because it's ingrained yeah. in our history in
2: the way that you know that we were. Refer- I mean, I still refer to it as Croft as well. Yeah,
0: really great, great spot.
2: It's Good great, memories. Yeah, it's especially like the the people who own that, that now own own the exchange. Okay. And like so it's like so Fat Paul and like uh Paul Horlick and um Matt Ockbridge and like kind of all the people who used to own the own the craft. Uh the people the same people who run the exchange.
0: Okay, I didn't realise it was the same team. That's yeah, good. pretty
2: much is, yeah. Which I think is really great. So also they've they've really embraced the whole community down there.
0: Yeah, they're decent decent guys.
2: Yeah, and it's like nice they, but also they've they've really embraced a lot of like kind of like the outsider movement as well. Yeah. So people who've like from the LGBT background, people who're from like kind of either trans as well, and um, they've been really like supportive of like my friends who've been putting on events there. That's great. And it's it's always been a really welcoming environment. Yeah. But it's also helped that all of them are in bands themselves.
0: Yeah, I think it does help when you're to when you're running a venue. I think if you've had, if you get regular experience, or if you've had regular experience being on the other side and like being in bands and you know go, coming in and out doing gigs, yeah. I think again it's that thing of you know a bit of empathy, a bit of knowing what it's like for someone else, because so many venues are just someone's had a business plan to have a yeah. venue and they don't actually realise all the different human elements that make it work and make it sort of a vibrant place.
2: Like community as well.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. That's that's the reason why I love the venues, which I do love, is because a lot of them do embrace a lot of, like, to certain certain levels, embrace a lot of the things about, like, the importance of the atmosphere and the importance of being able to support people.
0: Yeah, just the, yeah, the importance of community.
2: And so, like... Like, obviously, I put the exchange up there, the Trinity, that's yeah. a beautiful venue and, like, people who run the Trinity are amazing um, Yeah. Like the Louisiana, I think the Louisiana is always going to be special for me, personally. Yeah. I think you must have your, your kind of favourite venues.
3: Yeah, I do.
0: I mean, I feel really spoilt because as a sort of touring musician, you get to go to so many, like, it's so sort of vast... And then I start feeling sort of loyal or disloyal. I'm like, sort of, oh, yeah, I love that venue. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but I love that venue too. And I'm like, oh, not know, but I love that venue too. <laughs> there are so many great ones. I'm really, yeah, because there's venues that obviously, like, play a big part in your early days that you're always sort of attached to. Yeah. And then there's just weird ones or really independent, like, politically engaged venues that are really inspiring. There's some good ones.
2: I mean, that that for me, I think think it's always going to be the early formation is going to be where my heart really lies. Yeah. So so that's the reason why, like, if people were to ask me, I probably would say the Louisiana is probably still my favorite overall, like the sentimental attachment to it.
3: Yeah, I feel
0: like it's, yeah, similar for me with them. Well, there's a venue that I, that was in my hometown in Winchester called the Railway Inn. Oh, so right
1: that's, place. Yeah, so I'm, there once. I'm
0: really fond of that place, but also because I guess a lot of my musical sort of coming of age happened in Bristol, I just always think about the Cube and how brilliant it is there. Yeah, I just, oh man. So many happy memories of playing at and seeing gigs at the Cube, it's great, I love it.
2: The, the last time I was at the Cube, I was watching uh, Lonnie Holly.
0: Oh, I really wished yeah. I had been able to go to that gig. Did you it get was- his cap. Did you get any of his merch?
2: No, but I, 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 drew, I drew him. Though, and he, he did. And he really, it was his seventieth birthday. Oh, it's so it, great. So He had like birthday cake brought out to him, and like, and kind of, like, so we, got, we all got to sing him happy birthday. Did he, Do like, you
0: have the picture you drew within reach
2: now, Ooh, or is
0: it?
2: Uh, maybe maybe not in,
0: oh, maybe. Well, it's all right. No emergency, but I'd love to see it if it is oh, easy yeah, to it's, get it's
2: hold of. it's definitely around somewhere. It's in one yeah. of my sketchbooks, um, I think, is it in the pad? It's in the pad that's out in this room, so it's definitely here, somewhere.
0: Well, if it's not easy to find, then maybe email me a photo later or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it is quite easy to find. I think it should be... I oh, don't know. No, it's not bad. I can you show you something else I've drawn. been drawing, though? Yeah, let's have a look. I've been asked by the exchange to help them design, like, a, a new T-shirt? Oh, brilliant. He's doing like a t shirt to so, like. Oh, uh, Jeff, I love it. Raise funds for, to like help them keep alive.
0: That's really great.
2: And so, like, I thought, right, like, I was just thinking, like, what what sums up me and also what, what to people to see? My fist in the air. With it's the so pads. great.
0: It's so brilliant. I love it.
2: And yeah, I mean, obviously, like, and and, um, yeah, so I thought like, so I thought that that's kind of like quite a powerful image, and I think that that also sums up a lot about the exchange.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's sort of a strong. It's sort of that image is also quite a message of like political action as well, which I feel yeah. like is is what happens in engaged venues. Like they right. it, they are sort of politically engaged.
2: I feel also positivity as well. I think there's there's a certain warmth. I, I think it's mostly from. Independent venues where you can feel the people's personality in them.
0: Yeah, and the love that goes into making the venue work.
2: Yeah, because like, um, true. Like when you go and see, like for instance, um, the Trades Club in Hepton Bridge. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a beautiful town.
0: Yeah, really nice. Really great. Yeah, because last the last chat we had, you were talking about how you stayed there and you had like a jacuzzi. ah, Is that right?
1: (laughs) <laughs> it was it, just like, it was like,
2: I was staying in the B&B for Magic Numbers. And Great. Like,
0: Already you know, a good name. That's a, off to a good start.
2: Yeah, no, to really. honest, so I thought, hang on, this is going to be like a Magic Numbers for the band, themed, <laughs> <laughs> like, like B&B. <laughs> it actually, it's actually could be kind of quite interesting if there was actually, you know, B&Bs. I know can get hotels which are themed around bands. Oh, Yeah. I was saying, I was saying, oh, I think it's trickling up a bit. Um, but I think that, I was just wondering if you could get B&Bs themed around bands and what B&B you get themed around your bands. Hello, Okay, you frozen? What? Um,
0: want to say that question
2: again? I was saying that you know, um, like, because it's it just like a really random thing. You know, obviously, like having like Magic Numbers B&B and how I thought it could be like a Magic Numbers but the band themed
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) You can't actually like band themed hotels.
0: Yeah exactly that's true.
2: You know like you've got like the Beatles like especially out in Tokyo I think in Japan where they've got like things like the Beatles themed like in know hotels and stuff like that.
0: Is it the whole hotel that's themed about the Beatles, or just like one or certain rooms, or is it the whole? Is it the whole lot? I think
2: it's the whole thing. I think there's, there's definitely there's a few places where they've done like themed hotels, and so I was wondering what it'd be like if you if you had this this is a the kit themed hotel.
0: Well, I think it'd be like my flat. I think it'd yeah. be like this. There'd be a big stack of board games. Let me get my finger so it works. Yep. Yep. Okay, so oh, hey. I can't make the camera. Anyway, board games. It yep. there would be. There would be loads of stamps on the front door. Yep. There's the door with all the stamps on. There'd be lots of maps on the wall. I can't. I can't use my arm. Yeah. That I'd would see. be the. That would be the map section. Yep. And lots of records. <laughs> okay. every, every hotel should come with records. Yeah, every hotel should come with records. But there'd probably be like naughty people that would take the records.
1: Yeah, probably would be.
0: But if it was like a sort of book exchange yeah. thing, where you brought some and swapped some, that'd be good. Be what, a, be like what else little... would there be? There'd be there'd probably be quite a lot of sort of miscellaneous textiles <laughs> items
2: just yeah. draped around. Oh look, like, and a, like my my pound sort of place really. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I can't make my finger point in the right direction. A paper mache um
2: yep, I see it.
0: monster head. Yeah. So that's probably what it would be like in a
2: almost like a Wes Anderson sort of hotel yeah maybe <laughs> sort of thing like you can imagine like, it's like especially with all the stamps and stuff like that yeah like, yeah where you've got to write letters to people
0: yes exactly proper you know what if I had a hotel I would make sure that there was letter writing equipment in every room, so that people actually wrote proper letters to each other. I think that that would be great if people did that more often.
2: Excellent. I quite like the
0: idea. Oh, go on! What are you going to say?
2: I did do, I did do like cuz um, sort of like people have gotten more into letter writing again.
0: I hope so. What do you think yeah. since this sort of since the lockdown, people have been writing more letters?
2: Yeah, like I've I've had, I've had a couple of letters from my from my nephew um, and from my first AF Gang fan men, fan members.
0: Excellent. I also
2: did um. This is gonna bring up a really weird way of actually how I got, originally got involved with, with with independent venue week. Oh yeah, let's have it. Was I, I did a I was I was I did like a kind of like a fan art, kind of like letter writing thing. Great. Uh, um, especially no one actually got the letters because so I was writing to people like Bjork and I was like doing it in like really bright colours and like lots of different like the kind of shapes and textures. Brilliant. All, all which I wrote to. You um was Tim Burgess. Oh cool. And Tim did full when, when I was a teenage, when I was really young, it's like, like the only one I know came out and that was all over radio and so that partly influenced me sort of thing. So you wrote to him? Yeah, so I so I did like imaginatively shaped letter where I actually spelt out his name. Oh great. And then like um then basically what I did is I took a snapshot of it, like uh-huh. spanned it into like on the computer. And yeah. then it be, like I sent it to him in a message over Twitter. Oh, great! And like just to see if if we get a reaction.
1: Yeah.
2: The next thing I noticed, like I, I asked him some quite personal stuff about. Because um, sort of like, like so basically most of the letters were basically, I was like trying to ask about you know what difficulties are people use creativity to kind of like overcome. Yeah. So like with obviously with Tim with Tim Burgess it would be like the loss of several band members yeah. through his career and so I was like, right, okay, this is how it dealt with with loss is also kind of creating like a like an alter like a rap go ego sort of thing. Okay, it's yeah. Like, did, 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 did you use music as therapy to cope with loss? Because kind of blah 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 sort of And then I wasn't expecting any response. Yeah. About twenty minutes later i got like a full like A4 kind of like letter back which is like Wow. He was like saying that yeah, that's really touching and it's really like kind of um which is like really moving. And then I think it's about a few months later, um he got in touch with me saying, Hey Jeff, I'm doing something do you wanna be involved in something really cool? And, and what
1: then, was it?
2: It was basically it was like involved with playing on my own show for Independent Venue Week.
3: Oh great.
2: Tim Burgess was one of the ambassadors. Yeah, okay. Then gradually one thing's led to another and then I ended up here.
3: That's so great.
2: Yeah.
1: He's a good
0: lad, Tim Burgess. I'm really, um he's really great, really sort of engaged in stuff. Have you I mean, been li- have you been doing any of the Twitter listening parties he's been
2: doing? I'm literally not because I've been doing live streaming. Of course, yeah, clash. Big so clash. Been, yeah, <laughs> so like mostly I'll be doing, doing, yeah, exactly. clash. <laughs> so uh, I mean that's the thing is because like sometimes because you've got to start, start right from the very beginning of the record and you've got to play, press play. Exactly yeah,
0: you've got to be there
2: play. at the right time. Press yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great because I think it's actually getting people to re-engage again.
0: Yeah, I love the the opportunity because oh, I mean of course I could just choose to put a record on
1: yeah. but
0: when there's sort of a collective experience and everyone's listening to the same record at the same time from start to finish I think that's a really sort of powerful thing I think it's really great because yeah. I often don't make the effort to listen to a record from start to finish
1: mm. it,
2: can, it can be really difficult especially when you've got to flip it over especially... would you say
0: when you've got to flip it over yeah, yeah. exactly
2: <laughs> Keep up I'm, shit.
0: I'm, Everyone else is on Spotify and I've yeah, got to exactly. turn the record over. Yeah,
2: exactly. But <laughs> then also it's 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 it also like it does make you see like the well I guess also like from your perspective it might maybe see your songs in a different view, maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe. What to listen to them in in the row that they were intended, yeah. as it were. Yeah, and
2: also like to also to see people's reactions to them as well.
0: Yeah. Always interesting to see the reactions. I mean, I guess you can only gauge you can only get a certain type of reaction when it's, for example, on like a Twitter type yeah. situation. You for starters you've only got so many characters you can use.
1: Yeah. But, but that's
0: good. I mean it's nice. I think a way of it of people staying concise and having spontane a spontaneous um reaction is really nice.
2: Yeah. I mean that's what I was noticed for the Colston home. Sort of thing and with some of the yeah. other live stream actually you can still see people because like you can see them commenting
0: yeah i love that when we were watching there was this weekend it was great seeing the comments and go by it was nice seeing you were there
2: yeah no, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well, especially doing the melt melting down i nearly broke my computer did you watch just from over commenting yeah, I, I got like <laughs> especially when they said to play like fix my life today i was like as soon as that kicked in i just went from like yeah this is really really good to bring. just like literally having to physically persuade myself yeah
0: just like holding down the exclamation mark button
2: yeah <laughs> oh! it was basically my like, tune with about 40 different syllables sort of
1: thing it was
3: so great All caps logs <laughs> yeah caps logs <lock. laughs> <Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: laughs> just mashing the keyboard pads yeah. in the <laughs> yeah. it,
2: was, it was exactly that it was just like me going like just away from being like this is freaking great, this is freaking great, so then there was something just like... Just was, it's, it's partly to they like tripping off memories as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially like with Kush and knowing what he could be like as a front man sort of thing.
3: Yeah,
0: he's so great at performing.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. one, one of the most funniest actually kind of semi-mental mosh pit stories involves Melting Yourself Down, actually. Oh,
3: yeah? Do tell. Like,
2: <laughs> well, basically, they, they kicked off their set as per usual with, with, Fix, with Fix Myself today. Uh-huh. And then like um basically I think halfway through halfway through it, I had a moment where I had like a crowd suffer coming out over one way and then Cush coming at the top of me the other way.
3: Okay.
2: I think that was pretty much it. Not really that much detail, but it's like Well like I remember seeing them see like like playing like, like like Latitude. When they did the, the Radio Three stage and them inciting mass stage invasions.
0: Great. And you were at that gig, were you at Latitude? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And did you invent, were you one of the stage invaders?
2: No, I wasn't actually, but um, I, was, I, was still, I was still, yeah, I was still like kind of witnessing the the, the one like security guard semi-panicking as like, Yeah <laughs> thought the things were going to get out was slightly out of hand.
0: Yeah, I always feel, I always feel a little bit for the security guards when there's like unexpected... Yeah. Interaction that happens—you can see them sort of going, "Oh, what we do? Hang on a minute." Yeah, so how do
2: how do we cover this? Yeah, how do we let
0: like how do we let it flow, but also not be like, you know, but still be doing their jobs, whatever their whatever their yeah. job list is.
2: Yeah, well, also it, it shows a lot for the band as well. Also yeah, I, think, I don't know quite how like I mean, like, there are sometimes some things where so with Kirsty can be you can be like. Completely different off stage, but completely to what he is on stage. Yeah, it's true. There's two. There's there's,
3: there's
0: that's the magic effect of performance, isn't it? That it's not. You know, there's many ways of being.
2: It's like pushing like an on button, sort of thing. There's somewhere in the head. Yeah. Just, you're like, okay. Um, it's like what I call the Iggy Pop button.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> this way you get just like. Because he still gets massive bursts of energy and still throw himself out in the middle of the audience and he's like 70-something yeah, years old. Yeah, he's on.
0: so great. He's brilliant.
2: Also, what I love about him is that he's not lucky as I've been having like, a really easy-to-listen-to voice.
0: What, what, Iggy Pop? Yeah. Yeah, his voice well, he's is really nice for,
2: to listen like, like, to. Kind of, like like a smoking man's jacket sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his talking voice is really nice. His singing voice is just brilliant. He's a good one,
2: old Iggy Pop. Yeah, he's he's like he'd be, he'd be like one of my people, which will probably be too, too star to say hello to.
0: Oh, no. But he'd probably be star He'd want to say hello to you.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never actually met him personally, so no. probably, he probably would be.
0: We'll have to engineer it, Jeff. We'll have to yeah.
2: engineer
3: it at a, a, a meeting.
2: A, he's actually one of the people which, which I did go first number one person for Zoom, for Zoom to be. ultimate hero would be like Iggy Pop, Björk Maybe he'd
0: be up for it, you should like just get in touch, see if he wants to do a Zoom chat Yeah,
2: (laughs) Actually several people actually, which I actually can write to and I imagined like in the fan fan mail thing was, um, obviously I've mentioned Tim Burgess but Björk was the first one
0: And did you document them before you sent them? Did you, like, take uh, pictures of what you did and then before you yeah, send
2: it? I of like, but I've got them on me.
0: Oh, right. So you sent them digitally. You sort of made them.
2: Yeah. Like, and send, then like, yeah,
0: you send the them, scans.
2: Like, I tweet something. Sort
0: of okay. I gotcha, gotcha.
2: And I felt like, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel, I feel quite nervous about sometimes, like, learning to let go of things.
3: Yeah.
2: And it can be, like, a, like kind of, I don't know how it is for you, but like, with, like, with, like, songs learning to let go of them and like learning to... Into the hands of someone else.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's
3: more,
0: yeah, for me, it's more a question of learning how to let go of how people interpret what I do, I think. Mm. Because it's always gonna be a bit different to how I interpret what I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's necessarily gonna be right, not even me. So it's just, yeah, sometimes I sort of think yeah it is it takes a bit of work I think um deciding not to mind how people take things or how they interpret them because it's almost like people decide already what they think of something sometimes and then they just make it fit into whatever template they've prepared so you can't take it personally if they if it if it's a sort of interpretation that you don't 100% agree with you just have Mm. to
2: not or if it's, like, if it's like kind of like someone like this or like reviewing the record he doesn't necessarily understand what you're trying to do maybe
0: well i mean there's no understanding or not understanding because i think you just have to interpret it however you know it's not for me to decide how other people interpret what i do because it's not like i'm there's no right or wrong way of interpreting it it's just like you know if someone for example takes offense at something i write about, or if someone decides that it's about something that yeah. it definitely isn't about, mm. I just have to, I just have to decide not to mind.
2: <laughs> I, I guess it's like kind of like, you know, inadvertently kind of the sound tracking part, like people's lives something.
0: Yeah, it's true, because it, I mean, I mean, I don't know how much that happens I mean, I never—I don't know how people sort of use or interact my music, really, but I do know that I listen to a lot of music, and a yeah. lot of the music that I listen to has, yeah, ended up soundtracking my life and ha- what I do and the memories I have and stuff. Mm. So it's, so I guess, yeah,
2: it's a two-way street. <laughs> I, 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 very much, I very much feel that, actually. Yeah. I mean, on the last conversation, I did tell you about like obviously a lot of music revolving around the car journeys for me.
0: Yeah, of course. I, yeah, I remember. That was good.
2: I remember like... Um, Annie Lennox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, <laughs> that record was great. I've actually gone back to listening to that. I actually, actually like, a, like last Christmas, we sat down and we actually had like a listening session.
0: What, like family, family Christmas listening session?
2: Yeah, with me and my parents. Brilliant. And like, because um, like my sister literally lives down the road from my parents sort of thing. Great. Um, yeah, that's really nice. And we, we got, yeah, so we played like Annie Lennox. Um, we played, I went through the, the Boiling Point um, compilation.
0: Okay, for yeah,
2: listen, listen to it as oh, well. Oh yeah, you
0: mentioned that because was that what you got in your stocking? Yeah. Instead of now 87 or where uh,
2: it was. Yeah. <laughs> the now pop compilation. Yeah. <laughs> actually, the, so I remember like, there's one other big journey which I remember having, and which was soundtracked by something else. Oh yeah,
3: what one, was one
2: it? My fa- actually, one of my favourite tapes was uh, well, my my par- the best man at my parents' wedding was a was a, like kind sort of funk hip hop DJ. Oh, cool! From, like seven, so it was like seventies, like kind of like hip hop disco.
0: Useful person to have at a wedding.
2: Yeah. So we had like this. So we had like this. Um, yeah, this really amazing mixtape. So when I was like five years old, I remember like hearing like Grace Jones and hearing like kind of um, African Barbata okay, uh, great, like Mary Mel and the Furious Five, uh, Curtis Blow, you know, kind of like all these really classic kind of disco and hip hop tunes. And I remember I remember loving it, but I remember thinking that in my head it's like sounding like space aliens.
0: Yeah, a different sort of a sort of. A, a foreign type of music, maybe, for you at
2: the time, was it? Yeah, but also, like, with synth sounds as well.
0: Yep, true, I see what you mean, yeah. The I a mean, lot of the technology used in making the music.
2: Yeah, and, like, like, and you're thinking about it, going, like, wow, okay, like, I mean, I find myself, like, kind of sat in the car, be like, head nodding along sort of thing, but Then I knew that I liked it, but I didn't know what I liked about it.
3: Yeah.
2: I think that's partly having like semi-childhood naivety
3: Uh
2: or maybe like sometimes you can get an inkling of what you like sometimes, some of the things that you like when you're younger.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. I'm often sort of fascinated about, well, partly about at what age people start enjoying music and seeking out, you know, making choices about what they listen to and just how that sort of changes. Like for me, when I was younger, Like, I started off with influences from my parents, what they listened to, and then it was what my sisters were listening to. And then I discovered Radio 1 and, like, the charts and Top of the Pops. And I feel like that is such... That journey was so common for, I guess, people of sort of my generation.
1: Mm.
0: And it was different for my parents' generation. They obviously had a different sort of discovery of of the music they were into. And then my daughter now, she's got a totally different... I mean, I guess she's obviously got her parents' influence, but she doesn't... There's no Top of the Pops. There's no, like, yeah. chart countdown for her on the radio.
2: Yeah, because so, I know the taping actually.
0: Yeah, exactly. Making the tapes. Yeah. So, I mean, she does make tapes, but she makes them off YouTube now. She'll, like, plug the computer into the tape player yeah. and, like, make tapes that way instead. Wow. So it's sort of funny. Yeah, now it's just sort of this fast... Well, it's just interesting, isn't it, how you... Find your musical path, because I feel like it is quite an individual, personal journey. Yeah, and often it's just when kids are like, you know, ten or younger or whatever, makes me think of that Velvet Underground song.
1: Yeah,
0: about um, you know, turning on radio station, and it being a life changer. I Feel like that sums up pretty well.
2: (laughs) I've also found that actually, as I've grown up, that actually the the way which I listen to things has changed as well. How do you um, feel like it's changed? Well, it's definitely broadened a lot. It's definitely got a lot like, I mean, I guess that you could say from my childhood as if, I had a relatively broad intake of things anyway. But I think that it's definitely got a lot more like, that, like i have never had to visit, visit myself like going out to club nights sort of thing. I never visited like myself really being into kind of dance music. So, uh-huh. but and that's kind of changed. And then also like. I think that, that perceptions of things have changed as well. Yes, um, and also like the, also with a like a lot of, uh, sort of music co- crossing boundaries. Yeah, and like um, potentials for things definitely. I've definitely noticed that. Like so, like people like Anna Meredith, for instance, who who borders on both the classical and the techno. Yeah, like le- electro sort of world sort of thing. Well, I guess that's yeah, I changed my. I guess like, I mean like, cause I guess that when I was a teenager, I was into a lot of the crossover rock kind of stuff. Yeah, There'd be like bands like Dub War or like kind of Son of Fareak, um, who who largely forgotten about now, but they were like bands who like basically fused multiple genres together.
0: And then, how did you? Because when you were sort of like finding out what you liked and like, you know. Uh, when you were younger, how did you find out about stuff? Was it in record shops or was it reading
3: magazines or the was magazines it the radio? The crack yeah. oh, yeah.
2: quite often um, radio as well because yeah. you know, like the nearest record shop to me would have been about 10 miles away.
3: Oh yeah, a bit of a schlep.
2: Yeah, but, but <laughs> then like, then, it like, for, for, would largely be three but then when we'd go into Stroud, I'd end up in like, um, like tape and disc or Cane's records for like yeah. three hours sometimes. Like, I'd have to go through the entire, like, if, when I did go to the record shop, I'd actually have to go through their catalog about three times.
0: It's great. But it's so nice that, though, when you're in a record shop and you aren't, like, pressed for time, when you've got no time restrictions, and you can just enjoy it, like, the pleasing sensation of just, like, flicking through records or looking mm. through stuff, but also just, yeah, taking awesome. it all in, just making the links between bands and, yeah. and um, music no. you like.
2: Then it's like also treating yourself and then also like for me, it, it I became quite good with mathematics because of it.
0: Oh really? How you did you something? get good at mathematics because Well, of I, it? I think
2: I think about it, it's like if in like you, you, you know, this record's worth is this much, this one is this much, then if you get oh, yeah. that one and that one.
0: Price calculation. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> it, it, it'd be amazing with how nifty that that found, that would happen with like especially the cassette tapes. I be yeah. like Going into W. H. Smith, being sent to my by, by my parents, having to go and get some stationery, like yeah. and, like a pen, like kind of like a pen, like pen, and then i like I'd go into the tape section and I'd be like, oh yeah, look, they've got Skunk stoosh Stoosh for like four ninety nine. Yeah. If, if I bought this pen, then... yeah.
0: If I bought the cheaper pen, yeah, then That would leave if me with I, a little. I this,
2: this, this still quite high quality <laughs> pen, like for like. Three, for, like Three pounds fifty like four pounds fifty. I've got look. I've got five pounds left to go and get. Yeah, just the
3: record. right amount for this tape.
2: Well, yeah. Last thing is, I used to, I used to do that a lot. I mean, like, I'll, I'll literally be stood, and I still do it to some extent. You know, but I have the chance to, to go and like friendly records, well, I will be literally kind of procrastinating for hours on end.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, I think that's. I guess that's partly what I miss at the moment, really.
0: Yeah, because it's just a nice place to be, especially the record shops that are welcoming and like are up for you browsing for hours on end. Because some, I feel like I've been in shops sometimes in my life where it's, you don't feel like you're welcome, and
2: you're like, yeah.
0: I'm not gonna look anymore. I'm just gonna get out of here. Yeah, but when you bad, feel huh? like when you can stay, and the people come and go, and, the, and you know, and there's you Being can chat to other staff, people,
2: though, doesn't it? If people are like you know, nice staff, then yeah. You know, um like I used to spend sometimes entire afternoons in replay. Yeah, great And um what was particularly great was there was that I must been, I didn't actually buy that much of the, the the stuff which we had, you know, technically officially for sale. But I would always raid the, the you know ten P promos box.
0: Oh great, yeah,
2: the sort of lucky dip being. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just got some amazing stuff with that, but literally is that you can walk away with like 10 albums for like two or three quid. Yeah. And it'd be like, right, okay, we am going to consume these. Some of these are going to be good. Some of these are going to be,
1: yeah, <laughs> shall we say. But, it,
0: but then also it's just quite often you're sort of like, what? It's only a quid? I can't afford not to, yeah. you know, like it's worth a quid just to see if I like it. Just for the experience of like putting it on and pressing play and not knowing if you're going to like it or not.
2: Yeah, but then I always what well, I always do is I would always go up to the listening point and listen to at least thirty seconds of them. Yep, good it, policy. I think you say for me. I can always tell whether I can like something within the first couple of
1: seconds. Mm. I, have I, you I ever wonder, been?
0: Have you ever been wrong though? Have you ever thought? Have you? Has that ever caught you out in the past? Um,
2: um it was pretty reliable. Yeah, it's pretty reliable. Yeah, it's <laughs> good. A, like. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, in the past, I guess, but there may have been one or two things which I bought by mistake, thinking that there was something else. Yeah. (laughs) Thinking out to my shock horror.
1: I'd be like,
2: wow, this is amazing. Like, um, actually, I first, I mean, I remember, like, kind of being a student in Guildford and I, like, quite often in the HMV and I was either procrastinating or I'd be, like, kind of, on the listening, on the on the listening headphones, they had to almost ban me from the for, so listening to the Trans Am album way too many times.
0: What? Because you were like hogging the headphones. Yeah,
2: pretty much <laughs> was, it was like.
0: They must have had more than one listening post, though, did they?
2: Um, I think they only had about two in this big store.
3: Okay, yeah, so, fair it was, it
2: was a, <laughs> They had their like listening posts, which they already had the CDs fully inserted into. Whereas yeah. I think this is like the one which people could actually go and request to listen on.
3: Oh, right,
0: okay. I think there
2: was one time when I built up a queue of about, about 13 people.
0: Oh, wow, cool.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> it was like, like, and I had been there a good 40 minutes, but I was listening to... 40
1: minutes.
2: Yeah. I was actually listening to a record which really did change my life, actually, which was um, a band called Trans Am.
3: Okay.
2: you were like, they're from Chicago. They're part, they're part of like Tortoise, part of the... Part oh, the, of their sort of, the sort
0: of thrill jockey gang yeah
2: okay and they released an album called redline okay and the reason why i semi well, fell in love with it was the fact that i guess they were like one of the bands which could have semi got me into dance music mm. so it, it was the first time that i had like electronics but with live drums yeah i was like okay this is this is really really good yes and then, like, also, across the boundaries of, like, the post-rock and the, like, kind of psychedelia sort of thing, and, like, but still make it really interesting and listenable.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think that... And yeah. they, and
0: and it got you stuck in there for over 40 minutes in the listening booth.
2: Oh, more than twice. More <laughs> than
1: twice, I agree.
2: <laughs> but when I said that, I literally almost had to ban me. Oh. <laughs> it was literally, like... They should have just...
0: It's good though, I feel like it's important, it, you know, it's it's important to have the listening posts in there.
2: Yeah, and I like to, um, so I think that's how we best discover things, like, it's actually personally.
0: Yeah. Do you ever get music out of the library?
2: I used to.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I, I mean, I used to, like, them, especially in Nailsworth Library, we used to kind of, go to their block book albums and basically copy them onto cassette.
3: Oh yeah, that, great. That's
2: how I would have had, like, Peter Harvey's first record. Okay. we have been through that, and, three, and, like, stuff like The Wild Hearts, and, like, yeah. basically it's like whatever was popular at the
1: time, really.
0: And I guess it's also, some of it depends on how lucky you are with who's choosing, the, you know, which yeah. librarian is choosing the music that they get in and stuff, because some... Yeah. Some libraries have an amazing collection of music, just really, really eclectic and well yeah, like, informed.
2: Getting stuff like Neil Young, um, even stuff like Tim Finn, Crowded House, yeah, and then like having, um, I still remember getting out like Wild Hearts, okay, Brit Rock sort of thing, great. Because I was really into how they, they as well as. Doing the whole Brit Rock scene, how they also like recorded with like harmonic, harmonic backing vocals. Okay. Like being high as fuck.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, they, were. They, they, they were. They were, they were, they 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 were, they, they, well, they her- heroin addicts, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah, complicated,
2: um, but. Yeah. You know. I guess it's very like symbolic of the times, sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe. like, yeah, libraries, I think, did play a huge part, did play quite a big part, really.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, the other thing that's quite huge parts is charity shops.
0: Yes, uh, you're right. Yeah, charity shops are great for digging out music.
2: Yeah, literally, like, I, I think I was going through, like, my seven inches the other day, and I found possibly my favourite my, my favorite ever find, which i have probably oh, yeah? just try and dig out. So I think it's in one of my piles near the floor.
0: Oh, yeah, if it's within reach.
2: Oh, yeah, it's within reach. Dig Except out. Let's have a um,
0: look. It
2: was... I found, like, a 1970s afrobeat single. Yeah. 1975.
3: Okay. Which Um,
0: charity shop was it in? Do you remember?
2: Yeah, it was in... um, Which one was it in? Not in this pile. I don't think. It was in... Um... You know, like, the St. Peter's Hospice? Like, one of the charity shops on um, East Street in Bristol. Yeah. Um... Oh, I think it might be over here somewhere. I can't find it all It'll be somewhere.
0: I feel like I should be looking for something while while you look. I should go and have a look for something as well. well
2: Oh, where did I put it? I think it might be on the the pile I'll put it over here Here it is Got it? Yep It's from... From the Africa label Yeah From... 1975 Orchestra Bella Bella.
0: Oh nice. And that was from the St Peter's Hospice. Yeah. Great.
2: I mean like it's one of those it's one of those tracks that you can't actually find on online anywhere really.
3: Oh really? But
2: it's sort of like um the like Kandabonga man and like loads of very influential like kind of African artists something. Like collaborate something and, like, in like in like kind of orchestra.
0: And d- when you DJ do you take it with you? Yeah, sometimes.
2: Yeah. Sometimes if I feel like, like I'm going to type in some West African music, then I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll reach for it. Yeah. It's cool also if, if, if the banks have got like a centrepiece.
0: Oh, yeah. What? So you can sort of do a now playing?
2: Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's got the centrepiece missing.
0: Oh, I see the centrepiece. Sorry. I thought yeah. you meant like a little centre, like a little display centrepiece shrine. But yeah. now I see like the, 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 yeah. the fatty bit in the yeah. middle.
3: Yeah. But like, um,
2: if they've got that, then it will definitely come out at some point. Yeah. I'll be like, we right need
0: to. Please. We need to get you some spare ones so that whenever you DJ, you can just take them and have them with you, just yeah. in case.
2: I know. and it's fine find where to get them from, really.
0: Yeah. I bet there are ways. I feel like I've seen them in some record shops, but and who knows to, like, which ones? I
2: think places like, um, well, obviously, like vinyl specialists would definitely have them somewhere. Yeah. I think also there's there's certain, like, technical shops as well, will definitely, like, music, like, musical instrument shops should definitely have true, you know, some, some version of them, especially if, if they're doing DJ equipment.
0: Yeah. And a um, few, I feel like a few record shops have started selling turntables now, and I feel like yeah. they, they'd be ones that would have little the little sp- middly spaces.
2: Yeah. I don't know quite what, what to call them, but, you know... Yeah,
0: someone probably has an official name for it.
2: It's basically those seven inches, they'd quite often have the sense pope popped up so they'd be in... Um, boxes.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: But actually, that's the other thing is that there's obviously like not having stuff like pubs as well So I think that quite often having social spaces where you can hear music I think is actually quite an important thing.
0: Yeah, it's true.
2: I think that that influences quite a lot of people because like when people get out they're like, oh, what the hell is this song?
0: Yeah, the responsibility of a landlord whatever, whatever sort of music they've put on in their pub. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, getting, these people are sort of hearing it and liking it or, you know, it's good.
2: Yeah. I think it also goes like, kind of, it also the I said, certain music definitely does affect atmosphere.
0: Of course, exactly that. Big time.
2: I think that it's...
0: I mean, that's the whole concept of DJing, I guess, isn't it?
2: Like,
0: hmm. you're sort of, you know, making an atmosphere.
2: Or like making mixtapes sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like, so i found that i don't know if you ever made mixtapes for other people before
0: yeah it's one of my favorite things to do i love yeah,
2: it yeah i used to love it as well so i'd be like right well, if you really want to know me his his every emotion of me put on onto one, one tape
0: yeah it's a really nice way of like getting a little window into what someone's like is if they make if they make you a tape of what they like it's like i've still got I still listen to tapes from that I was given when I was sort of eleven and stuff there's it, it's nice isn't it to have to have the, the archives mm. all, the, all the mix tapes
2: yeah Mixed tapes
0: we have known
2: yeah, then also like it's it's like kind of it's that like weird sometimes looking back at something I'm going really I listened to that
0: I know it's funny, isn't it you sort of it can if if you're not careful it can make you feel a bit embarrassed, but I feel like it's important to you yeah know, adopt a no shame policy for.
3: Musical
2: I think, history I think also It's like, like Reflecting on Like how Like also Like the way Music is made is changing And also like
3: Yeah
2: I think it reflects on I guess Different genres Yeah you know, like How like people Would be I guess like Six of Like I guess Those Like late 90s Early 2000s For me would be like kind of A massive melting pot Of different things Yeah You know like Going to see bands Ranging from like Asian Dub Foundation Who like like kind of cultural outsider he basically cultural outsiders he basically took both the electronic and the punk world by storm by like, yeah, you know,
0: with a good dose of politics mixed in,
2: yeah very yeah. And, and very positive message as well,
3: yeah, definitely,
2: I mean like there's countless amounts of times I end up mushing free our ram great, so i I'll, I'll always have it on my headphones, I'd be just head banging them away to it thing
3: yeah, I think I had
0: that on 12 inch if if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe, would they have done, released 12 inch? Maybe I'm mixing it up with someone else. But yeah.
2: I think they would have done actually about yeah. like, late 90s, think. Yeah. I think was, like, that would have been like, I think three Sapphire around would have been about 98. Yep,
0: yep, yeah, that sounds plausible. That sounds, what was I doing? GCSEs. Yeah,
2: about, <laughs> they were like about the same year as me then.
0: Maybe, yeah. I was well, I turned 18 in 2000, so maybe I'm a bit older than you.
2: Yeah, I think about, maybe about two years older than me.
0: Yeah, okay, but yeah, I similar.
2: But we're both, both in like, like similar age bracket, or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. We would, have, we would have had a similar sort of um secondary school musical education. Yeah. Like, uh, what I often think about the time, like the effect it had on my school when OK Computer came out. Mm. It was amazing. It just sort of like ripped through. Everyone's lives in quite an impressive way.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I must admit, I was not a really Radiohead Head fan.
0: Yep, fair enough,
2: fair enough, you know, that's all right. I, I, think, I think that's the thing, that, think, so think about what it was, and that, this is going to sound a bit arrogant. That's
0: all right, that, arrogance allowed.
2: That, is that, is that I found, especially when I was teenager, didn't like being told what to listen to.
0: Oh, yeah, and I guess because they were so popular. Yeah. It's too, it's, yeah, I can understand it,
2: that. Like, it, so like,
0: the contrary streak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: to be honest, like this, 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 could make me sound a bit hypocritical or something. Like, nah. I'd probably listen to them now again and then actually go, "Yeah, it was, good. it was good." But the thing yeah. is that like, at the time, I was the, like, "Well," because I was listening to stuff like Dub War and stuff like that, which to me was taking some of the things which people were getting excited about Radiohead and pushing it much further. Yeah, and also yeah, it's well.
1: Yeah. It,
0: yeah. Sometimes, like, I mean, it's because I don't think it's being hypocritical. I think it's just. Yeah, I often get that. I, I like a reluctance to be open to something just because so many, just cause it's such a mainstream or thing, or so many yeah. people are into it. And then years later, I'll finally sort of come around when I'm when I'm ready.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think, I, and I think it is I think as I said, for me, music's very much an emotional thing.
3: Yeah.
2: If I find like something really excites me, and it should be personal, you know.
3: Yeah.
2: So I remember like kind of being with a few Radiohead fans up from Rivera Sound and they were that I didn't go and see them so I went to go and see Tortoise instead.
0: Well, it was, it was like, it's hard to not go and see Tortoise, isn't it? That yeah, You don't right, want to miss right, that gig.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> that's, that's totally it. I just, like, I just feel like, well, do you love Radiohead? That's great, but they're not necessarily my favourite band, so...
0: What well, um also it depends on the gig, doesn't it? Because I imagine, well, I don't know, what were, what were the sort of crowd sizes compared like like I'd much rather go and see a smaller quality gig.
2: Yeah. Than and, and a bigger the the one. clouds basically I think three quarters of the festival site went to see Radiohead. Was, yeah. was like, and the other the,
0: quarter went to see Tortoise.
2: Yeah, like, although they, they went to see like some of the some of the other stuff which was happening at the same time.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> a little bit of a tricky slot to get, isn't it? A slot that's at the same time as Radiohead.
2: Especially it's... if actually Tortoise hugely influenced Radiohead, I think.
0: Yeah, 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 I think you're probably
2: right. Something. Um, but
0: I must admit, I just love Radiohead. That's
2: fair enough.
0: And I do love a Radiohead gig. But I think um, the chances of me seeing a Tortoise gig would be so slim that I would probably have had to have chosen the Tortoise gig over Radiohead at, at that yeah. pati- on that particular occasion.
2: In fact, I ended up seeing both Tortoise and Dinosaur Jr.
0: Great.
2: At the same time, at the Radiohead one. Okay, I'm great. <laughs> So it's it quite like, a
0: sort of premeditated programming choice, isn't it? It's really sort of yeah, sorting we're, out we're loyalties. people's loyalties, where their loyalties lie. It's like a
2: 200,000 like 200, capacity festival, so they had to split. Yeah. Otherwise it'd be, end up everyone going like, everyone, massive cost of attacks.
0: It's true. Well, it's a bit like when Dolly Parton played at Glastonbury. Yeah. Everyone had to, there had to be special... Um, Measures taken so that so that some people were doing something else at the same time.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think like <laughs> that and, and you've got to you've got to split the audience because otherwise it does create you know kind of carnage.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, like, there's there's certain people which I which I'd, which I'd, which I'd personally which I'd love to see.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Obviously on my heroes <laughs> list, Annie Lennox is definitely one person I've got to tick off.
3: Yeah, great. At
0: some point. Does she still uh, gig much these days?
2: I think mean, she doesn't do many. So I think, but she does, but she does. She does big shows. Yeah. It'll be like O2 Arena,
3: something.
2: Sort of okay. But, like, but even if, even if it's an O2 Arena, I'll still go.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. But it's, good. But it's, it's partly to like the sentimental attachment. Yeah, I, I think... found myself like when Bert Backrack played Bristol, I found myself going to see him. Because did you? Wife.
0: And where did he play when he was at Bristol? Colston Hall. Okay, classy, Yep.
2: I was, good yeah, one, it, it was a really great show actually. So I think partly because it was just it reminded me of being like. Six, seven, eight years old, or like maybe eight or nine years old, in yeah. in Nailsworth, in like the video shop, just hearing all the soundtracks that who's involved, that who's mm. involved with writing, you know. Yeah, good point. And actually, that I think that we go to a lot of things because of like the sentimental value.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think that, that, that's so like we've always got to go like I'll always find myself tearing up to like um to like some of the backpack stuff because of it. Yeah. It's the emotion, it's the attachment.
0: Yeah, the sort of memories. And he has quite sort of evocative sort of melodies and sort of sounds and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. But I wonder, um, sometimes I struggle with the words.
2: I Do you know, know if it
0: was, was it always, did he?
2: It's Hal David who wrote the lyrics.
0: I was going to say who wrote the lyrics, because he was definitely the music guy. Yeah. And then, so, yeah.
2: Hal David wrote, so, no, part like the... If you think about like back in obviously the fifties and sixties, you would have pop songwriting factories.
0: Yeah, exactly. People just you know. People, like employed him and Carol to King as well. Turn out the hits.
2: Yeah, they they literally had to like write hit singles in about ten minutes.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. And it's,
2: it's it's pretty crazy, but then also like you think of like the actual the amount of amazing songs which they produced.
3: Yeah,
0: but it's also interesting to see how that that kind of shaped how what we consider to be a good hit or a good song or, yeah. you know, so those conditions produced a certain type of music, which yeah. we then, which we all then decide is
1: popular,
0: popular or, or, or to a certain quality or something. It would be interesting to see, like, if, if it wasn't, if it was created under different circumstances, what yeah. sort of music would it be like and how would that have influenced, you know, mm. modern music? Would, differently.
2: would we still be listening to things on cheap music?
3: Yeah,
2: you know, maybe, yeah. And, and I, think that it's, and I think the first I think the 1st million-selling artist was... I do know, know, was not Cat Bessie or something like that, I think. Was the first, okay. was the first real pop star sort of thing. And that would be like 1930s?
3: Yeah. I
2: think, if you think about it, it's like, there, there, there's, a, there's definitely a fine art to writing a pop song
0: yes but then there's also like the added it's the technology factor again isn't it because like people when people started making gramophone records and realizing the potential of being able to sort of sell recordings and listen to music in your own house yeah. it was quite a revolutionary and um, you know atomic blast of, of de- in terms of you know musical development how people yeah. listen to stuff
2: and also like cause there also been like Obviously, for you know, people like W.D. Handy, who, like, um, wrote stave notation and stuff like that.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, like, the thing that there's a lot of... I think a lot of it does revolve back to, like, folk tales and a lot to, like, 70, 70, like, the original blues and, like... Yeah, interesting, yeah. That sort of thing, actually. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tr- 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 You've got to have the hook within the first almost 10 seconds.
0: Yeah, but then again, is that just because of the form that we've got used to? Yeah. Or is that some sort of, you know, primeval or you know, deep down ingrained thing in our, in our brains?
2: It's like the comfort food thing something. Sort of
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Back it, again, you know, yeah, like, does it have is it does it taste sweet yeah. and does it have yeah. enough fat in it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> a, does it have like enough, like emotional texture?
0: Is it salty like, enough and is it yeah, nice to bite on?
2: It's like, his, it's like so, so kind of the I guess like songwriting, a bit like painting. Oh yeah. Because I've like um, this is of which I've always kind of had. It's like as if in like the fine lines can always be the same, like different, like. But it's like you know, like as if it, like I could choose to draw whatever material I draw in, or like I can like paint lines, no, but it's whatever musical instruments you use. I like the colouring. Yeah, it's true. Like how you shape things, and like how, also like what emotions do you want people to feel from it? What genre do you want it to pull, I guess, these these genre-wise?
0: Yeah, because there are people that write like that. They sort of think about the audience. They think about the final product and their audience and who's listening to it and what they want people to feel Hmm. rather than the process of writing a song and what they feel and what just comes out of their own exploration of, themselves if so I mean there's sort of different yeah. there's so many different ways of like getting a song you can either write a song for the experience of writing a song and seeing what comes out of it or you can write a song because you're Bert Bacharach in a song in a hit factory yeah <laughs> trying to, like, <laughs> trying to um, get it out there
2: but it's really amazing it, like, it took him 10 years to have his first hit single
0: yeah interesting
2: you know because he thought it'd be like it'd be really easy but actually it's not. It's actually, there's, there's definitely like a fine art to uh, capturing a song which turns out to be popular.
0: Yeah, and a lot of competition. And also I think sometimes just luck and fluke. Like I just yeah. think it's just a mystery sometimes.
2: Well, his, first, his first single was Magic Moments. Interesting. Um, yeah, he wrote that. He wrote the melody for that.
0: For some reason I always associate that with sort of British stuff. I always think of that as being quite a sort of British song.
2: It was recorded by, who was it? It was like recorded by um, someone, I can't remember, who was, was it by? It was like by one of those really cheesy, easy listening singers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because we were associated with Quality Street adverts.
0: You're right, that's what it is, it was a chocolate advert.
2: And actually, I think that there's it's like, for instance, <gasps> I used to associate, I think that's that's a huge power, isn't it, is like how we associate songs.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so for instance I used um, associate satisfaction by the Rolling Stones as being the Snickers advert.
0: That's true, it was on the Snickers, you're right.
1: Yeah.
0: It's funny, isn't it, now, because pub like the world of publicity has yeah. evolved so quickly in vastly. like since I guess since what, like propaganda during the war, was that like the birth of publicity?
1: Yeah.
0: And now people use it yeah, they've got all of these tools like emotion ways of making people feel stuff with images and music like
2: technically this being recorded is technically publicity
0: yeah exactly you know yep yep it's true it's there's a it's all the edges are really blurry now Mm. and it's strange how that is you know one of the few ways that musicians can make music these days as well like it's, it's a whole new um i've got a little beetle crawling on my hand oh wow <laughs> it's just it's strange it's such a huge business pub like the publicity music business is almost bigger than the just um chart music yeah. business or whatever for one a better way of explaining I think, it i
2: think that's why that's why I've always the greatest income stream has always come from has been publicity
0: yeah it's strange isn't mm-hmm. it the sort of capitalist um ecosystem that we find ourselves in
2: which is probably what's gonna have changed to adapt to the new system that we find
0: i hope so i hope there can be a new system that can that people can um, pick up on and not just you know i know so many people that think that capitalism is the only thing that can work and i just and i don't and i can't understand that way of thinking because to me it doesn't work and I can see it not working. Yeah. So, um, but maybe I'm just not clever enough to understand
2: it. All. Who knows? But then maybe it's also like it's 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 uh, like kind of maybe having different ways of thinking as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Which,
2: it's which, which, true. Which I think it takes time to adapt too. But then also I think that it's also that because if you've been brought up in a certain way, yeah, that it's, it's difficult for you to see. Like I was going to say, like. Kind of Maybe other cultures of people changing.
0: Yeah, and again, so many people are brought up with this sort of neo Darwin this sort of like survival of the fittest, the strongest, like make it grow, make it bigger, like we're better because we're bigger, and you know, like this weird sort of interpretation of principles that results in people not respecting small scale activity. Mm.
2: Like local, well, local stuff, and and uh, well, I was, just I that, that sometimes that's the reason why I'm sometimes find myself more attracted to outsiders, yeah, outsider artists is because of, I guess that's partly also would have been involved with rejecting Radiohead because everyone else was listening to them so it's like, yeah, like, okay, I felt, I felt like as if I'm just being like a mass herd sort of thing, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly,
2: and like you know, like kind of like. Like in the blur songs, like, but, but you know, could follow your herds down to Greece, sort of thing. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um,
2: I think, but I mean, like, I mean, I'm lucky as if I've like, gotten to work again with one, one of my favourite outsider artists, and it's a guy that you actually love as well.
3: Is yeah. Yeah. So,
2: oh, man, I, I, I have so much love for that guy.
3: Yeah,
0: he's really a, a total hero. He's really great. Such a good example of a human being and artist everything he makes is just so... Um, how does he make it so good? How does he yeah. do it?
1: <laughs> how does he do it so quickly
2: as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never... I don't think I, I've... I don't think I've ever found out how long it takes him to do things. But yeah, he uh, seems like a very natural sort of swift yeah. drawer anyway. Like, I imagine that films take
2: ages, but... Yeah, I mean, I imagine that like, the for he says that with his energy, we get a lot done.
0: Yeah, great. Cause you're yeah, because of all the working or the, the collaboration that you're doing with him on also, on also projects.
2: So like but, but with a lot of the projects that we've done, we've given we've been, we've been given a very short time period. Yeah. And so we've been given like a space of a month to like write, direct, animate the whole thing,
1: sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that's good. I guess it is is the classic case of the constraints being. Yeah really a positive influence on, on the art, you sort of, okay, these are the limits, we work with this and then we yeah. get it done. Yeah.
2: yeah, and then also the thing with, like, someone like him, I find him really empathetic as well.
0: Yeah, I but think he's got amazing human insight skills.
2: Yeah, really I, I, agree, I very much agree with him, because like, it's like, how he makes it, how he doesn't, it's like really weird like, like, I can certainly sympathise with him on this, because he struggles with, with receiving praise. But right, is also like it is hard. like well with like a, lot of, a lot of people in some sort quite strange situations or like kind of, I don't know if I had to explain it really. Yeah. Like kind of like, who basically would go on a bus trip together and who basically make friends with everyone on the bus.
3: Yeah.
2: And, and like everyone at wherever whichever place because of his, this is like his continuous like almost semi-childlike fascination.
0: And just super generous, like, being that open yeah. and friendly to people is such a generous skill that most people don't have. Most people have the sort of doubt or fear or hesitation.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a real um, gift.
2: I mean, like, the other thing, which um, I remember having to prompt him some, some, a few times because it would be like, oh, my book's not very good, it's, it's very boring. No, it would be like, tough
0: <laughs> Well done. Yeah, you can, you can sort him out.
2: Yeah, well, basically I'd be like, shut up. This person in the Observer, which is like an international made Deal it, is like one of the best books that she'd read that year.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is, it's like, his books are the best books that people are going to read in a year. But at the same time, I can understand that, like, it's funny because, like, big press, big acclaimed press yeah. comments. On one level, it is impressive, but on the other level, it's just one person that's um saying their opinion and it's great if it's a good it's a positive opinion yeah but sometimes it kind of means more to us what you know people around us think of it yeah but there's no denying that in joff's case
1: yeah
0: his the art he makes is exceptionally it's to such a high standard it's so well done and with a gift as well it's not just like there's a that combination of like working hard and being disciplined but just having a natural talent that most people just
2: don't have. Well, I'd see him basically turn up at gigs with his sketchbook, with a sketchpad, kind of balanced on his arm, on his arms, sort of thing. Yeah. And he basically wouldn't just draw the band; he'd draw not just one person in the band. Because usually, like, like just, he's one, like one of my biggest inspirations when it comes to like an live trick, gig drawing. Yeah. Was just seeing him, you know, especially like 10, 12, 15 years ago, something. Yeah. Like, they they turn up with like his little sketchbook. In about nanoseconds he'd do all the band members and then he'd so do the great. audience as well.
0: And it's such a good it's such a good practice to do that. It's such a good um exercise mm. in looking and listening and being in the moment. I think it's
2: also his drumming style as well is incredible.
0: Yeah. Best drummer in town. Best yeah, drummer so, in a few towns. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, also the most enthusiastic.
0: It's so great. It's such a joy to watch someone flying at what they're good at, you know, watching someone like flying in their element. Yeah. And he's a good example of that when he's drumming.
2: It's I feel really proud. Real it's, it's a sense. bit like, like sort of feeling really proud of some of my friends, really.
3: Yeah, it's you know,
2: good. That, it's good actually, to like, feel proud of. Even if friends. it's like fans like Idol sort of thing who like really hit the big time in a big way. Yeah. I feel really proud to, in order to be like considered to be their friends sort of thing. So, but, just look at their yeah. achievements and go like wow
0: it's a real pleasure and a real, yeah, it feels a real privilege to sort of see someone excel at what they do and be recognized for how good they are at what they yeah. do as well it's it's really heartwarming
1: i
2: mean i found it like you kind know, of admittedly really heartwarming whenever i get shout outs yeah and and slightly overwhelming and flattering so i do sometimes react in a bit of a joff way
3: <laughs> you know, like, but it's good that you deserve the shout
0: outs, more shout outs yeah.
2: for like like, uh, hi.
1: Yeah,
0: it is hard when, you, when you're not in control of yeah. of all of the eyes that are on you all of a sudden, it's a weird feeling
1: I'd
2: say thank you very much for the really flattering shout out you gave me at the end of the road though
0: Oh that's alright, I mean really it I wasn't flattering, it's just, you know it's true. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, but it was very, it was really beautiful. But, but that's the main thing that it's, it's, sometimes it's just acknowledging those sorts of things.
0: Yeah. But as a, as someone on stage, it's just really great to um, see people that you recognise and like in the audience, and that are making, mm. making a really positive contribution to what's happening in the room. You know, the energy and the communication.
2: Yeah. Or the it's, feels, as it turns out, to be.
0: Or the field, yeah, right, I say broom, you
2: know, in the broadest. Yeah, sense I to find that, I mean, like, that the, that the environment does also impact on the emotion as well Yeah Like, if you see someone like End of the Road, which is really, really, really beautiful space, or like Eden Projects. Yeah I went, I went to see, I've been there twice to see, I saw Sigur Ross there play there once with the full orchestra okay. Which was amazing Great, and I saw PJ Harvey play Jeff,
3: there. Jeff,
0: I was at that gig, I just called you Joff because we used to talk about Joff. But yeah. I was at that gig with Elbow,
2: yeah, no, it was yeah. Elbow. no this was years later. Oh, okay, okay, this is why was different, where I went
0: to the, a different one of the very many PJ Harvey gigs that you just project. Hey. <laughs>
3: yeah, oh, I was really excited the, then. She, I thought
2: she we were there twice, the same gig. she played there 2000 and when they started doing the. the The shows. I think it's 2011 She did the first series Then she did one in, I think it was about 2016? 2014? Right And um, it was literally like the day after Grastonbury Like a couple of days after Grastonbury something But it was an amazing show It was It was right With uh, Jenny Beth from Savages Was playing solo Support Great And she's got a great voice and it's just like um, I definitely got a sense that she was very nervous. I think it's the first time in years that she played actually on her own.
0: And it's an impressive, it's quite intimidating that sort of setup, and but the Eden Project makes, as well. It's like it's, yeah. it's an amazing setting, so like it can be a great experience. But I can also imagine as a performer, it being a bit
2: where well, you want to do a good space. job. Also, the sound in there as well. The actual, the actual natural, natural acoustics. just like you can literally feel every note
3: yeah
2: you know and that's i think that it's those it's it's those kind of spaces sometimes make the gig more than the gig yes so like seeing like Sigur ross with all the lasers kind of going up into the trees and like you can see um yonce just absolutely almost breaking down like right at the end in absolute tears
3: wow
2: just because like he's like this is absolutely amazing
3: yeah
2: i mean the one artist i'd love to have seen there if I didn't get tickets for it would have been Bjork. Wow, yes, that would
0: have been an ago. incredible gig to be
2: at. Yeah. Especially also the, the tour that she was doing at the time.
0: Which tour it was, was it?
2: It was um well, it it's her last album, so it was like so she had this whole thing where she had inflatable like kind of lotus flowers. Okay. Um, like a like a thirteen piece all female flute orchestra like flute section.
0: Ideal um, Eden project. Yeah, exactly.
2: Scenario. Yeah, but the thing is, because like her whole. So I actually found that um, a lot of her songs are about nature and about like the build up and whether it's like affecting mental health or whether it's like kind of. And actually dealing, even from like quite from the off, she's dealing actually with some quite heavy subjects, which a lot of people in pop, especially in pop music, weren't actually really dealing with.
0: Yeah, people sort of shy away from it, but she's, yeah, she dares. Yeah, Björk is someone who dares.
2: For me, she's my radio head, you know, she's like, yeah. one of those people which I did, which, which I see that those people did were drawn to her and stuff like that, especially during the 90s, but then also, I think she's also someone who's continuously pushed the boundaries.
3: Yeah,
0: such an important artist. Um, and I feel like the influence she's made, had on modern music, most people don't even realise. Like. I feel like there are there are acts that are directly influenced by her that don't even realise that they're, they're directly influenced by what she's done because yeah. it's come via another band or something. I mean, it's yeah. just so it's so huge what she's done. For, for even like,
2: back in the, like the nineties, I remember like my auntie giving me set debut. Yeah. You know, like um, that album see, is like,
0: amazing. I, it's it's incredible.
2: Album. I mean, human behaviour.
0: Yeah, it and just amazing. all the strings. I mean it's just so great and the fact that she you know was recording in the toilet of a club like she was just she's such a pioneer
2: I've got got a few friends who've got like her certain stories about her oh yeah like like they like um one of my friends um who's working is working with T Junctions yeah and um so he's they they had an artist called Klein okay supporting uh Bjerke who's on T Junctions books sort of thing and so who's like managing her, and also that because they're doing the gig after the gig, they got taken on the midnight midnight tour of of um, the Eden Project.
3: Okay,
0: because that was for that actual gig, yeah. for The Eden
2: Project gig. Yeah, and so like um, the, also Charlotte Church was amongst the, was amongst them as well. Great. Like and um, Charlotte she's Church, she's a good was egg. of the kids and. Um, the kids were going, Mommy, 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 why don't you sing to the fans? Oh. So she started to sing with um, in the Nose by the Beach Boys.
3: Okay,
2: I think it was like, yeah, and so like, like, yeah, watching Charlie Church singing to the fans whilst like with the uh, yeah, climate climb with climb, of and it just said it was like one of those kind of like really beautiful but really surreal moments.
3: Yeah,
0: very, very memorable moment by the sounds of the, things.
2: They all ended up joining in as well. Great. The thing is that she's, she's definitely someone I'd, I'd love to try and have a chat with at some point, although I'll probably be too scared.
0: Well, I bet, um, well, it would be good if it could happen somehow, wouldn't it? You'd probably be all right in the moment.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah. probably be like, boot. <laughs> my attitude more recently has become like, less like, oh, maybe, 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 maybe I've noticed that with me, with my attitude has become like, and especially because of the past by years and my achievements,
0: mm-hmm. I've been
2: like, right, fuck it, let's go in the deep
1: end. Let's
0: yeah, see what, just give let's it a go.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's a good attitude to harness when you can.
2: Yeah. Anyway, Kate, I think I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, Thank you so much for being wonderful.
0: No props. Thank you for being wonderful, Jeff. It's really nice to chat to you and I feel really lucky because I've got to chat to you twice in the past
2: week. I know. The reason why the I like, didn't necessarily always chat to you sometimes after gigs, it's probably because of sometimes not knowing always how to approach you or how to approach people. Gigs,
0: gigs are weird as well because like not everyone feels like chatting after a gig. Like when I'm yeah. watching a gig I quite often just feel like not chatting afterwards but when I'm playing a gig I yeah. often feel like chatting. You know it's just
2: there are
0: there are no rules.
2: It's a, sometimes when I see a group of people chatting, I don't know how to approach people.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Like it, it's I'm not. On them. Yeah, it's not easy how to know how to approach it. But always come and say hi, Jeff. It's great. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to see you.
1: Let to see you, Kate. That was yeah. absolutely wonderful.
0: Thanks again for an excellent chat.
2: Yeah, that was wonderful. Let's
0: yeah. Hey. <laughs> Mastering the technology as we go.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're, we'll be masters of the universe, guys, won't we? We will, we like, will. Like, 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 like He-Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but go yeah, on.
0: thanks again, Jeff. It's been really nice to chat. Keep yeah. up the excellent work.
2: I will be. You to
1: take the customer. See you soon.
3: See you back in reality soon.
1: Yeah, man. Okay. Been wonderful.
3: Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye.